Hello and welcome once again to The Cinephiles, where we meet today to do the sad job that we seem to have to do sometimes. Yeah. And this one really caught me off guard, which is we just lost the great Penny Marshall. And it just it was just a couple of months ago that we mm-hmm. recorded our episode on A League of Their Own. And it just I know those two things are unconnected, but it just feels <laughs> very fresh to me. I know. What if we're the harbinger of death for a lot of these people? And I hate to speak about it so <laughs> Jesus. casually like that, but we have done a number of these movies for people who have passed away over the last year or two uh almost uh, almost a few months after we do the movie so it's a very interesting coincidence or we get inspired to do the movies i guess also by the passing of certain artists but Betty Marshall was the one that really was a, a sad thing to read. And uh, I remember Kay falling in love with A League of Their Own, like talking about her love with A League of Their Own, and then us all talking about what happened to Penny Marshall as a director because she right. kind of burst onto the scene with Big and had a few other hits and then A League of Their Own, but then didn't quite keep following it up at the level that, like, say, her brother Gary did, you know, and things well, of that nature. I don't know. Gary makes a whole bunch of movies. He does. They're not all good. That's what I was going to say. It's like, how... So I would say we can say that Penny Marshall certainly has three great movies, yeah, um, and a couple of good movies. Yeah. I don't know that Gary. I don't even know if I think Gary Marshall has three great movies. It's a good question. You know, well, I mean, some good performances. There's some good performances <laughs> as Mister the you know the chocolate guy in League of Their Own. Yeah, and, and I'm telling you, him in Lost in America. But this is not oh, yes. the Gary Marshall tribute. That's right. We're That's right. here to talk about the Penny Marshall tribute. And I think, you know, the three great movies to me, mm-hmm. I mean, I like Jumpin' Jack Flash. Sure. But, but Big is just a lovely film. And we were talking, um, you know, that maybe maybe sometime in the new year we're going to tackle Big. Because it's just a, it's a really fun movie. I think we're going to have to have Vogel back again. Oh, is that one of his? Oh, my God. Off the charts, one of his favorite films. Well, he is a grown-up child. So. He is, really, he is. Um, Every time he sees a piano, that's all he wants to do. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's been, oh, yeah. It's been Neither at least 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's been a bit. And I love Awakenings. Mm. I think Awakenings, because she does that thing. Penny Marshall has that thing that very few directors can do, mm-hmm. which is to be genuinely funny yeah. and genuinely moving. <laughs> Sometimes right in the same scene. You know, and, and Awakenings definitely has that. It's an it's an un uh, underappreciated dramatic performance from both Robin Williams and Robert De Niro. Uh, Robin Williams doesn't do any of his shtick. No, in that movie, it's incredible. Doesn't try to slide it in. Doesn't do anything. It's his pain. She Penny Marshall really sets the camera in some fantastic places to showcase Robin Williams emotional journey through the movie and his desperation to get it right and his desperation to be uh to 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 fix these people to heal these people to cure these people and then his desperation when they have to put more and more of this medicine inside them to keep them in the condition that they're at and how sad he feels and how conflicted really he feels about what he's having to do and on the other side is, is De Niro's journey, which is just as powerful emotionally in a different way. He is he is as soft and innocent, mm-hmm. and I mean it's a and here's an interesting story about that performance, which is I've read a bunch of Oliver Sacks books. Oh, okay. And Oliver Sacks is the guy that Robin Williams's character is based on, right? And he's written the man who mistook his wife for a hat, and this one on music, and there are these great books about the brain, which you know I'm mm-hmm. fascinated by. And he was on the set, 
And here's the story that he told is that he is that uh, De Niro was very interested in the people that had suffered from this affliction, mm -hmm. that some kind of extreme strange version of Parkinson's, you know, where I think they called them shut-ins, I think is the name. And that, so they went to several hospitals and he was studying their case histories and, you know, being with the people and they couldn't necessarily connect with him. And then they, Oliver Sacks brought him in and did sort of the tests that you would do on these people. And what Oliver Sacks, I read this book a while ago, but basically what he described was there's certain automatic reflexes mm -hmm. that someone who didn't suffer from this thing mm -hmm. wouldn't do. It's not actually physically oh, possible because the way the brain is working, the way our brains work, we wouldn't, we couldn't respond that way. Right. And De Niro did. He, he said oh. that somehow something he really believed that he had figured out something in his brain to be able to do a thing that a person not suffering from this affliction couldn't do wow yeah he and and i mean oliver Sacks is a very charming mm -hmm. wonderful writer and so is there's some exaggeration there maybe, maybe. but it was a scientific book yeah. you know that i was reading yeah. um yeah it's a really lovely movie yeah and and i it's you know i know league of their own is that's the thing. A League of Rome is a populist film. Big is a populist film. I think Awakenings showed you... Some depth. Yes. The yeah. path that Penny could have gone on more... Uh, if she had wanted to, uh, more deeply yeah. in other in other things. And it's a female director. Like, no one talks about... She's a female director in the 80s directing a film like Big that's so powerful. Then A League of Their Own in the early 90s, and of course, Awakenings as well. So... This is, and, and we're all like, oh, we need more female directors. But people don't respect Penny's work enough as a female director. It's almost frustrating. You see Ava DuVernay getting, oh, oh, she should do this, this, and this off of Selma. Great. But Penny has three three powerful films, three fantastic films that didn't necessarily translate to consistent work for the rest of her life. It's interesting. Well, what's weird is, is, is what we can't know is we don't know what she was up against. Yeah. We don't know how... Or if she even wanted to. Yeah, or if she wanted to. Yeah. I mean, like, my guess is she had a fight like crazy to get those three movies. Probably. And then we know she didn't get the respect that she deserved off of them. Mm -hmm. At the time, I know, I think both Big and League of Their Own are over $100 million movies, right. I think. Yeah. And... If you were anybody else, you know, Hollywood rolls out the red carpet. Sure. I don't think they rolled out the red carpet for her. Right. You know, that's the, and that's what's the, the great thing about what's happening today mm -hmm. is that the culture has shifted. Hollywood is still ridiculously sexist. Sure. And ridiculously, you know, mostly run by white men. Yeah. But there is still at least trying to put on the show of moving forward, mm -hmm. female directors, directors of color, you know, people with different worldviews. Yeah. And that certainly wasn't going on. And if anything yeah. is connected to her legacy, I hope it's that. Yeah. That she kind of, in some small way or big way, opened the door or destroyed the perception of women being able to direct films successfully and effectively mm -hmm. and making money with their films. Well, that's the thing that I was going to say is mm -hmm. thats that it's not like she was trying to do weird, arty only yeah, yeah, yeah. strongly feminist, female-centric. I mean, League of Their Own is female-centric, but is. but it is a popular comedy mm -hmm. about and a sports movie. Yeah. You know, so it's like she's trying to be right out there in the mainstream. Mm -hmm. You know, the and and what's great about League of Their Own is in uh, each one of these big addresses this idea of the return to innocence, right? That we forget or we lose when we enter into this executive 30s and trying to be successful and trying to do this, like. We can't forget that return to innocence, which was, which is really what we're all about. What we have, we have to remember that that's within us, so that we can do good in the world. 
whereas uh, League of Their Own did tackle this idea of women in a man's profession. And that's like, I'm sure a lot of her experiences as a female director trying to break into, uh, as yeah. a, you know, you know, having to fight to get her movies made in a prominently male profession. I'm sure there's shades of that all over that movie that reflects back. And these women who are all from different walks of life. That's, a, that's another gift of this movie. There are there are women who are uneducated and can't read all the way to women who are incredibly intelligent and are, are quite uh, capable of leading uh, companies if they wanted to. Right. Everything in between. Beauty Queen, you know, the sister, the, the tomboy sister. Everything is here. Uh, all the way May, uh, Rosie O'Donnell's character. All different types of women coming together, single moms, yep. all coming together to uh, to pursue this dream of playing baseball and find some camaraderie, and she brings that out. You know? well, and, and, and this thing that came up over and over again with uh, Kate Cannon, who is our fabulous yeah. guest on the yeah, show, she was. is just taking this traditional uh, male genre, which yeah. is the sports film, and saying that, yes, women can be in this genre and this film can be successful. And I know, you know, as you're going to hear in this episode, how incredibly profound that was for Kay. Like, she would probably not be the director that she is today if she hadn't seen this movie. It is yeah. inspiring. It is funny. It is heartfelt. And it's sad for the reason that we're going to visit it again. Yeah, yeah. And if she never got a chance to tell Penny that, I hope wherever Penny is... She knows that yeah. that this she influenced this incredibly talented and funny director to carry on the legacy of female directors in Hollywood. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think we're going to give you uh, our recording with the great Kay Cannon of Penny Marshall's A League of Their Own. John, I can't tell you how excited I am about the Cinephile's new sponsor, an absolutely incredible game, Marvel Strike Force. Now, anyone who's listened to the show knows that I've been reading comic books since I was five years old, and this is like a comic book fan's dream come true. You could create a mobile squad and play as your favorite Marvel characters. I mean, everyone is there. The Punisher, Vision, Black Panther, Cap, or even my favorite Marvel character of all time, Daredevil. Your goal is to power up those characters, unlock gear, and use them to compete in player versus player mode, alliance mode, and real-time arena. Yes, yeah, Stephen, as we speak, they are enjoying their six-year anniversary. Six years, wow. And you know what that means? Free stuff just for signing up via their unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. If you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Completing every single mission throughout the entire anniversary will result in an even more special reward. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out, y'all. Check out that unique promo code, and for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force. We're very, very excited to have you sponsoring this episode. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at bet mgm 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Batter up. Hear that call. The time has come. For one and all to play ball. Hello and welcome once again to The Cinephiles, where each week we enter the world of a great film. We explore its themes, the history, the filmmaking, and the influence it has on us today. My name is Steve Morris. I'm a filmmaker and directing instructor in Los Angeles, California. Hello, everyone. My name is John Roca. I'm a voiceover artist and host, also host, writer, and producer of all kinds of things over there at Collider Video and now Collider Sports. Uh, and occasionally, every once in a while, an actor. I'm starting to wonder if I need to say occasionally a filmmaker because why I haven't made a film in a while. You're still pumping out that stuff. For, you know, they're still coming out on Amazon. The it did Cage of Fear, Beyond the Great beyond, White Shark, Beyond the Cage of Fear is back on Amazon. That's it right. was gone, and now it's back. Um, but today yeah. we are extremely excited to yeah. welcome a guest that we've been wanting to get for a really long time. She is the writer and producer of what I think is one of the funniest shows of the 21st century, 30 Rock. She was a writer and producer on New Girl. She is the writer of all three of the hilarious, heartfelt, and very musical films, the Pitch Perfect series. And she is the director of what I think is the funniest and most daring film this year, which is Blockers. Kay wow. Cannon, please welcome you to the Cinephiles. That is so nice. Thank <laughs> you. I can't believe I'm here at the Cinephiles. Well, the Cinephiles I has made wanted it. to have you here for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Um, and the film we're talking today was your request, which is Penny Marshall's 1992 A League of Their Own. Yeah. Um, I was, and I have to say, I, I have an embarrassing confession to make. And that is that on the Cinephiles, we've done over 100 films, and John and I were looking back, and this is the first film we've done from a female director. Yeah. Are you serious? I am serious. Whoa. And right. that is, Which says mm-hmm. volumes about it, the opportunities that have been there, but also about how we've been selecting these films by chance. Yeah. Well, and we're two dudes. Yeah. And the fact is, is that in the history of Hollywood and the history of world yeah. cinema, there are not that many, and yeah, you. It's not surprising. And, it, and, yeah. and so, yeah. while I'm totally embarrassed, and it is a complete oversight and mistake of the show, I'm also thrilled that the first time we have a female director <laughs> that we're going to talk about, we have a female director on the show. Yes. I love it. So, so I, I think as much as I don't like what happened in the last hundred films, I feel like we've missed a few things. I'm really thrilled about how it's worked out. Mm. Can you tell me how you first came to a league of their own? Yeah, I mean. Uh... So I just a little bit about a little bit about myself, you guys. Um, I uh, was an ath- athlete. Yeah, it's always always about me. Uh, I was an athlete growing up and um, went to college and played. I picked the college I went to because, so I could continue to play volleyball. And, I didn't know you were a volleyball player. Yeah, and then uh, but I'm also track. I could have kind of right. gone anywhere, but I really did not want to give up that sport. So like team sports are huge for what me. Position you played? Did you set? I was a setter. Yeah. So. Uh, I played volleyball. I took volleyball in high school. I took volleyball all through college. I played on club cub teams in college. I am not in any way saying I was a particularly good player. 
I love volleyball. Right. I, when I was yeah. in summer, I would it was summer camp or whatever. I would show up at the volleyball court at first thing in the morning and I would try to play all day hmm. and I played setter. Yeah, I like oh you were setter too? Yeah. Yeah, I would um play uh in between um school years, I would play in the summers I would play beach volleyball. Like nonstop. I'm you know, too fat and slow to ever no. play beach volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> it's much too hard. No, I used so, to play that too. So a ninety in ninety two when League of Their Own came out, um I, you know, like I was so attracted to the movie because uh, of the team component. Right. Like I, I, I had, it really truly was for me like a movie I had never seen that spoke to me so much. Uh, like right, on see, so many levels. On so many yeah, levels. Yeah, yeah. To see um, a group of women uh, playing the sport, the fact that it was women replacing men. Mm-hmm. Um, to play, you know, like I'm, I'm really attracted to underdog stories. And this Absolutely. is like, you know, in the nineties when I was like, I, I was in, um, you know, high school and, um, and then going to college like that. So that movie spoke to me on that level where it was like, okay, um, I've always felt like an underdog and I've always wanted right. to like replace the boys kind of yeah. thing, you know? And then I don't know, I'm sure you guys do know this, but like, you know, Tom Hanks, um, had a couple of uh, before uh, League of Their Own, <laughs> yeah. and the League of Their Own was kind of like his like come like he had Bonfire of the Vanities and he had right. Joe Volcano and and so in like '92 like he com- coming out with the League of Their Own it was like oh he's gonna be okay like he right. you know so right. and I was a huge Tom Hanks Me fan too. so um so I what and then you add Madonna to the mix which like blew my mind that like Madonna was you know doing the comedy in the way she was and that she was pretty good and she fit the part and. I just loved every single second yeah. of it. The other thing is, um, I saw it in the movie theater, and I felt like I couldn't express it then as I can now because I didn't have the vocabulary to do so. But I was like, they were doing hard jokes. Like it was like women, a group of women doing jokes. That's like a doing great point. Bits yeah. and and also having the heart and also having like a you know whatever you know there's really just. I guess two leads or three leads, but arguably you could say it's you know, an, but it, it feels was, like an ensemble. I mean, it feels like it a really team. does, and yeah. it was so influential to me that I, I, without a doubt, hands down, it was the reason I think I wanted so much to write Pitch Perfect. Like oh, it was, I totally see that because Pitch Perfect to me is a it's sports, a sports movie. movie, absolutely. And 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 then the other, yeah, there was just so much. I just I just can't tell you how much I loved it, and and I I felt like the ending. Um, I know we'll, we'll get to it or, or whatever, but like the ending when um, just like the closing credits and and hearing Madonna sing singing, this used to be my playground. I could watch that. Like I could watch those old biddies play softball yeah. all day long. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> it's what it's one of my favorite parts of the movie. It really, me too. I yeah. I ball. I cry so hard. Yeah. So you're, I'm laughing and I'm crying, and I try to bring that into my work. You know, today where I feel like you laugh and cry on the same day. It's so interesting to me that you're a, a, as a sports person at that age that you saw this, and then this led you into. Uh, into the movies and comedy and sports, uh, making a sports movie, which I told, mm-hmm. I remember when I saw Pitch Perfect with you the first time you had that screening, I'm like, oh, it's a sports movie, yeah. which I love. Yeah. John, you remember how you first came to it? Yeah, same thing in the theater. Uh, went with a bunch of friends to see it, and I just absolutely. For real? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been 21, 22 years old. Like, I went to see it, absolutely loved it. And um, we all did. And we went out and got, I remember we went out and got food afterwards and just sat around and talked about how much we enjoyed it because it is 
at its core, it's a sports movie. Does it appeal to women because of empowerment? Yes, absolutely. All this other story. But the dudes could relate to it so much because it's a sports movie. It's an underdog movie. It's You know these characters, even though they're women, you know these characters on teams. You know the one who leads and can challenge the manager. You know oh, right. the one that's like kind of out of it. I mean, one of the heartbreaking moments when she can't read her name on the board. Oh, yeah. I cry every time in yeah. that scene because she's so good at playing that part, that actress who plays it. It's just so good. But then you see how they all come together. And then, like Rocky, like Bad News Bears, they don't win the game. Yep. They don't win the last game. Well, and like, it does oh have my a, God. a complicated ending, too. Exactly. About it. It, which is even brilliant. more complicated, I think, than those two, although I love those two. Uh, and Rocky yeah, is sure. my all-time favorite movie it is, yeah. ever. Yeah. Really? It, it is. is, yeah. Well, you, you're not going to get any argument from yeah. No, no, no. It's one of our favorites, The too. best romantic but, comedy I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it is like the, one of the greatest love stories. Yeah, ever. absolutely. It's so sweet. But, but watching it also, you... The humor of it all and then the progression of the story of these characters. And they don't cop out on the love story. It's there, but they don't cross that line that another scriptwriter, another person might cross and have them actually cheat. Have her actually do the things that maybe somebody else who's a little less understanding of that situation could walk that tightrope effectively. And I just, all around, just love it's one I love to revisit and enjoy because the characters are great. And the, even and the the John Lovitz stuff is hilarious, just all the way through, really good stuff. And you never seen Tom Hanks like that. He had put he put on the weight for the role. He's gutsy doing the long piss take. All of these things that you would have never seen from the guy from Big, the guy from all these romantic comedies in the eighties and stuff like to see him jump into something like this. I just embraced it all. And then to find out it was Shirley who directed or Laverne rather who directed it. I was like Laverne. And so all of it just for me it came together at a time when I was able to really appreciate the film. So I, I always come back to it. Was why I was excited that it was one of your choices. So for me, it was like everything that I wanted to go see. I was a huge Tom Hanks fan yeah. from Bosom Buddies on. Went to see, you know, The Man with One Red Shoe and every every single thing. And was ex I hadn't thought about it, but you're totally right. I can remember seeing Joe versus the Volcano and Bonfire of the Vanities and going, oh, no. Yeah, no, no, don't. don't what worry, happened? Tom, we love you. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was a huge Penny Marshall fan because I, like, for me, the formative TV shows were Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley and Mork and Mindy. That is like, I had to be home to watch those things. And I actually... Actually, love Jumpin' Jack Flash and watched it over and over again. <laughs> I liked totally. Big is an amazing movie. Oh, Awakenings yeah. is an amazing movie, and Awakenings. I love sports movies. And John and I have talked before. We did The Naturals, one of our very mm. first films we did on the Cinephiles, and that that is, one of the things we've been we've talked about is that baseball and boxing seem to make the best sports movies. And so here we have a baseball movie with Tom Hanks directed by Penny Marshall. I was in, saw it in the theater, maybe on opening night, rented it over and over and over again in the early nineties. And I don't think I'd watched it in 10 years. Wow. So this is the first time. So it was it had that great thing of the familiar and fresh. Yeah. If it is on uh, a rerun or if I happen to catch it, I, I'm sitting down watching yeah. like wherever it is in the movie. I'm <laughs> watching. A couple of weeks ago before we even decided on this or two or three weeks, I, I was just randomly up in the morning. It was on Sundance HD and I watched like an hour before I went to work. Because yeah. even my breakfast, because it was like, this is just such a good, sweet, strong, joyful movie. and set at a time when we as Americans like can look back and totally. you know the greatest generation that kind of stuff that vibe of World War II it's so compelling and, yeah. yeah so let's, I want to do just a little bit of pre-production uh, pre first starting with Penny Marshall who has a great story grew up in the Bronx mm. father was a, a tap dancer and had a tap dancing school the, both parents are kind of in the entertainment industry obviously her brother Gary is the first person to really make it comes out to Hollywood is writing for the Dick Van Dyke show which is you know 
among the greatest sitcoms ever done. And uh, and that's what brings Penny out. Penny grew up. She loved sports, played softball. She cut class to go to Yankees games all the time. Mm. Comes out here. And, it, of course, who does she meet while hanging out with her brother on the Dick Van Dyke show? But Rob Reiner, mm. who she marries in 1971. And at that point, the first thing I saw her on was The Odd Couple because she, was a, she played Oscar's secretary on The Odd Couple. And then uh, a bunch of stuff. She was actually up for Gloria on All in the Family. Mm. She was the other person they were going to take when they went with Sally Struthers. So she would have been acting against Rob Reiner right. when they were married. And by the way, because so, we talked about Rob Reiner twice with Princess Bride and Harry Met Sally, is apparently Rob Reiner and Penny Marshall's house was the place to go in the mid-70s. Mm. I, I believe it. All the parties, <laughs> all the cool people yeah. Bill, from Billy Crystal, all the comedians, all the funny people, they all went to that house. And in and it's in the late 70s that she and uh, Cindy Williams are guests on Happy Days. That leads to Laverne and Shirley. I watch Laverne and Shirley every single night yeah. for yeah. years and years and years. And then she, she directs some of the episodes of Laverne and Shirley. And then that leads her to direct... Uh, movies, the first movie, Jumpin' Jack Flash, then Big, which is a huge hit. And massive. The, massive. And at the time, the resistance to her in Hollywood is there are no women directors. A woman director will never direct a movie that makes $100 million. Mm -hmm. Of course, she's directed two, Big and the movie we're talking about today, A League of Their Own, which she starts because there is a documentary about the women's baseball teams. Oh, wow. And that's what she sees and goes, oh, I want to I want to make a movie about this, brings in uh, Babalu Mandel and um, Lowell Gans, who had written on the Laverne and Shirley show, which I didn't know that's where they came from. Mm -hmm. And uh, and they've written a bunch for Ron Howard, who also kind of has a similar lineage, obviously. And they're writing the script. They finish the script. The script goes to Fox. Fox goes, we love this script. Penny's off doing Awakenings. And they say, we can't wait. We're hiring a male director to do the movie. Oh. Just breaks her heart. I mean, she brought this thing in. Right. They, it got all the way to about to go to production. And fortunately, whoever that guy is, I do not know who he was. He drops out. She comes back. She's so angry at Fox. They get the movie away from Fox, bring it to Sony. And that's when they go into production. Huh. Yeah. Um, I love that. And I just can't imagine the idea of a man, direct, of anyone other than Penny Marshall directing this movie. Hmm. Um, and um, the biggest thing she wanted was every single woman who was in this movie had to be able to play ball. Right, right. Yeah, they had to be able to throw and catch and... Yeah. I love that. Yeah. They had 2,000 women auditioning at USC mm. with baseball coaches, and she was just like, whoever, it didn't matter who they were, whoever they are, if wow. they failed the baseball test, they're not going to be in the movie. Mm -hmm. As if Gina Davis wasn't like talented enough, she could also do this. <laughs> yeah. She could also do this. Well, it, it's funny. She was cast a little bit late. So oh, okay. so she, she... So she could go to a baseball camp. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I really want this role. Well, and this is like she'd won the Oscar for Accidental Tourist, right. and then Thelma and Louise is 91, which is a great mm, movie. Yeah. And then this is 92, and she gets cast late, and she was like, I have to be the best player here, and I'm way behind everybody else. Mm -hmm. So she had to kind of do some catching up. Um, would you like to get in the movie? Uh, well, can I say something about Penny Marshall? Very Certainly. Quickly, which is, I think she might be the most underrated, Absolutely. least talked about director mm -hmm. of all time. I couldn't agree like, more. Like when you start to go big, Awakening, Awakenings, by the way, both big and Awakenings mm -hmm. were like very influential to me uh, in, in watching them. It just, they just really, they stick with you. Her movies stick with you. And, and then A League of Their Own. And I think when people look back at A League of Their Own and tell me if you guys disagree, it's like they think Gary Marshall, they think Gary directed it. Right. Or they think that Gary 
stood next to her and helped her direct oh, it, right? Because he produced it, right? Right. Um, and he's in it. And he's in it. Right. And um, and I just like uh, when I go back, like I've been asked in, in interviews, or whatever, who's been very influential to what female director has been influ- influential to me, and mm-hmm. and it's always Penny Marshall. And I I talk about her a lot, and I I think people are are like shocked. They don't really know her deal and 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 when it comes especially when it comes to comedy like absolutely like and it's just it's unbelievable and i think like i i don't mean to sound like name droppy and this is from a lifetime a long time ago but i ended up on a boat with her (laughs) on new year's eve was it a big boat or like a rowboat it was a big boat it was like a yacht (laughs) um uh, i was in saint bart's and again this is a lifetime ago i I don't hang with these fancy people but like i was able to like watch her from like afar right because i was i'm I'm kind of obsessed with her in a in a way and i I, like you, what watched Laverne and Shirley like All the crazy. Time. I have a daughter named Lenny. I mean, like, uh, but uh, well, we know what your no next kid's name is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I would just, I, I was on this boat. <laughs> it was a big fancy yacht, whatever. New Year's Eve, and I was just like watching her talk to, like, she was talking to Lauren Michaels, and she was sort of like giving him shit, and she was just right. like, "This guy used to not talk so slow, but he did so many <laughs> drugs that he like." now he talks like this like everyone's doing an impression of him i wanted to be able to talk to her and i couldn't talk to her and i was tongue-tied and you know but like she was doing things back in the day that no other woman was doing yeah and i i I wish that more people knew her story no they focus on uh catherine bigelow or they focus on Mm -hmm. these other female directors who laid some kind of groundwork but they don't Give enough credit to Penny. That's a very yeah. great point. And because also because right after League of Their Own, she does two or three other movies and then she kind of drops off the face of the earth in terms of as, as a director. She's shown up occasionally on certain TV done shows, TV done shows. episodes. Yeah. But why isn't this woman directing yeah. like so many uh, films? Because it wasn't like her films afterwards, The Preacher's Wife, Riding in Cars with Boys, or Renaissance Man. Some people, a lot of people have their yeah. defenders of those films. I mean, so. like you got Nancy Myers and Nora Ephron. It mm-hmm. seems like that's oh, right. what was talked about. But right. like Penny gets dropped. Yeah. I think, well, and I don't think. I I don't think uh i think it's the people that come out of tv or something like that they get boxed mm-hmm. into sort of yeah ron howard did that uh, ron howard it's true but he doesn't get but again, the respect I, that he deserves. i think that like gary just like absorbed all this oxygen yeah. that like where sh- that people just felt like I-, I don't think people know what she's done what's so weird to me yeah, about that so first of all the idea of someone standing behind another director anyone who's directed a movie knows that that can't be reality no like that's not. not how it works yeah yeah, yeah. The, the the second thing about it is that the truth is, Gary's directed more movies. I like Penny's more. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think of like just those first. You're not a big fan of Pretty Woman and Beaches? <laughs> <laughs> I totally liked them when I liked Wait, what? did he direct Beaches or did you, did you produce Beaches? I think he might. I Wouldn't it be directed. funny if she was over his shoulder for Beaches? That <laughs> that's would be really, what it is, right? Yeah, that's no one talks about. What is she Why not? helping him out with? So the movie. Yeah, let's talk about the movie. <laughs> uh, so we open at a nice suburban house, which is, by the way, shot in Sherman Oaks, just right over there. Um, we've got some kids playing basketball. It's modern day. And we see an older woman. And it's so funny. I had seen it in a long time. <laughs> and, and what's so funny, that I, this is what I wrote down in my notes. I was like, man, that makeup on Gina Davis is amazing. It's not, it's not Gina Davis. It's not Gina I Davis. Still, to yeah. this day, yeah. I'm always like, show me the receipts. Show me yeah. the woman yeah. who played that Her. role. And it's Lori Petty. The, the yeah, old yeah, Lord yeah, of Petty. Yeah. You're both yeah. like, it's amazing. Oh, it's, it looks it's, like them. So it's Lynn Cartwright. Yeah. The only thing they are doing is that 
Gina Davis is is dubbing her voice. Right. So, oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. So, so, so it's very. It has that Gina Davis sort of delivery, mm-hmm. but it's great casting. And we see that this woman, she's packing a bag in the house. Daughter comes in, throws her a baseball mitt, and there's this conversation about whether or not she's going to go somewhere. We don't know where she's going yet. <laughs> and the daughter wants her to go, and she's like, oh, I don't really. It's not that important. It wasn't that big a deal to me. And there, and the daughter's going. You have to go. Mom, when are you going to realize how special it was, how much it all meant? And we, the other thing we hear about is you might, you'll see Aunt Kit. Mm-hmm. And these are the great little plants about what this is that's about to happen. Um, it's also great, dude, because it's a window into this character at this age is the same character we're going to see now younger, yeah. but the impulses are all the same. She does not want to take attention to herself. She doesn't want to make a big deal of what she did. She was good at it, but she never wanted to draw attention to herself because she was always about giving to everyone else. And so you see now it's great work by them to lay the groundwork of this character right before you actually walk into the meat of what she's going to do in the movie. Yeah. Like selfless and subtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I actually think ball busting. A little bit. Right, with the right, kids. Right, but she's right, right, right. with two boys. Still having an agency. There's no question. She's got some toughness. Oh, to yeah. She's What's interesting about this character of, of Dottie is I don't think we ever really get exactly straight how she feels about baseball. I mean, like, mm. I mean, we know, obviously, she loves it, but it, there's she's always a little reluctant at every single step. And what that reluctance means is kind of hard to figure out. Yeah. She had perspective the entire time. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like she, uh, she, Absolutely loved it, but she was able to pull out and realize that that's not all what life is. Yeah, right. Which is in Absolutely. contrast to Kit, which is it was all that was all it, it is. All because Kit yeah. was trying to prove something, whereas everything kind of had come good to Dottie because she was just a natural at so many things that she did. So you're right, perspective from the beginning, and that's also also because she, I gotta say, she was always the best at it. So therefore, she had perspective to walk away from it when yeah. she did, when other people would have like held on to the end, and other right. people did. She had yeah. no chip on her shoulder. Right, exactly. Right. And that's so rare to find in any athlete that yeah. is that good. Yeah. Yeah. So the daughter convinces her that she should go. She goes outside, and there is, as you said, this great moment with the ki- two kids. <laughs> I love it. Where she gives advice to the older brother of like, hey, take it easy on him. Let him shoot a little bit. And the, little, the little younger brother comes up. His advice to him is kill him. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is so great because this is like a story about sisters. Yeah. And here we have this moment with the brothers. Mm-hmm. That's a really nice connection. Mm-hmm. She drives off. We get a little montage. We head off to a baseball stadium, and all these older women are showing up. And now we're starting to see what this is. This is the induction of the Women's, ba- uh, women's Baseball League into Cooperstown. Mm-hmm. And the women that we're seeing, a lot of them are the real women that yeah. played in this league. Unbelievable, yeah. 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 And they're crotchety, which I love. Yeah. There's shots great. of them getting off the bus like. Because uh, uh, an athlete, regardless of gender, but like a female, like they're, they're have that, always have that mentality. They're never going to lose that mentality. Yeah. And I, it's like raw and real. I love it so much. And by the way, I will watch any movie that goes from different times. Like, different, like <laughs> you're a sucker for the flashback. Sucker. Like, you know, back to the future, even frequency. Like I, I, like, oh, I, I nice. just love it so much. And yeah. so like I'm in from go. What do you love about it? I, I think it's just like the full story. Like I like, you know, I like anything where you where you know the real ending and yeah. you know the real beginning. And um, I, I feel like in um, I've learned this lesson over and over again in anything I've written in, uh, and whatnot. It's like if the audience doesn't isn't in on the beginning of a relationship, they just don't care yeah. as much. And so like when you show me like a movie like A League of Their Own, where it's like you show the whole 
um, the time, you know, and, and seeing someone older and then younger, it's like, you just make me care. I just care so much about you. You've let me in on your life. Yeah. Um, as a comic book collector, there were always these issues that was like the special origin issue. I love origin stories. Me too. I, I love, love that them moment. so much. I mean, I don't need to see Batman's origin in a movie again, but <laughs> other than that, I love going back. And that's exactly what we're going to do because as she looks out at these baseball players, we hear the music goes into reverb and we go back into a newsreel. And we see Joe DiMaggio and Ted Williams and that they're joining up to, uh, uh, to join the military in World War II, which of course is true, and I love I love the last line of the uh, announcer, which is Harry Shearer, Harry by the way, yeah. going. <laughs> Baseball's biggest stars say, "Look out, Mister Hitler! The Yanks are coming." Not to mention the Indians, Red Sox, and Tigers, and they won't come back till it's over over there. <laughs> That's just a great, great line, and and then we go into which is I love I love this when movies do this in the newsreel, but now we have newsreel footage of Gary Marshall who plays essentially the Wrigley character, yeah. and David Strathairn who's one of my favorite actors of all time, and we see them having a meeting and they're coming up with the American Girls Baseball League. Um, can you believe it? Girls. Girls. Are we going to do this for real? <laughs> Can we have like a rule that we all have to go back to talking like that? That's swell, fella. I don't know, Pete. <laughs> I couldn't slide in that. <laughs> uh, and we're off to Willamette, Oregon. Uh, and we see someone warming up, and it's Lori Petty. Yeah. Um, this is my favorite thing of Lori Petty, I think. That she's ever done? Yeah. I, me too. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, she did play baseball. She played baseball and softball. She was a, she was an athlete all yeah, through high school, was, and, it, and it shows. Yeah. But that doesn't help because her big sister Dot has given her some advice on what to do when she's at bat. She's got to stay away from the high ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't always listen to the advice. No. no, she likes the high ones. Yeah, yeah. And she gets up to bat. What's the first pitch? A high one, yeah. right? Yeah, she swings. She swings. At it. Misses. Misses. Second pitch. Mm-hmm. High one. Third pitch. High one. She strikes out. Mm-hmm. And what I love the moment, too. There's the first two pitches. And then she makes eye contact with her sister. Right. And I think that is a moment, if her sister hadn't given her that advice, she might have laid off the high one. I know, right? She's just going against what her sister's saying. Absolutely. It's all ego. Kit's yep. all ego. Well, the the third pitch is actually not a high one. The third pitch is a is right down oh, the plate. Right. Oh, right, you're right, right, right. She, she does lay off the high, thinking you know it's what? going to be a high one. You're right, and she gets tricked uh, by the pitcher. Strike, and then it's yeah, a strike. It's strike. A called strike. It's a called strike. Yeah, you're right. And so she's super mad even more. Right, because because it had <laughs> and either way, did let's do Super she's mad struck out anyway. Because like, clearly, this level of madness throughout oh, yeah. the entire oh, yeah. movie right? is like it's. She's like always mad the entire time, and then until like. Maybe the very ending where she has like real happiness, which is an old yeah. lady. Yeah. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Before, when, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think so. The well, and the thing too is, she is everything's Dot's fault. Nothing's her fault. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and I don't know if that ever is really going to change for her. Yeah. You know, we we don't know quite what happens to her. But now it's Dot's turn to get up to bat. Mm-hmm. Gets up to bat. Hits a hits two people in. Wins the game. Ha ha! And you hear John Lovitz in the back, which is the best. Ha ha! Uh, John Lovitz. What hey, they Fatso. do so great is capture uh, the real sister relationship yeah. in such a awesome way. Uh, and I, I have a sister who's 14 months younger than me, and oh, wow. you know, so I really understand that dynamic. But it truly is like that is they just hit it the right way, and um, it's very authentic. I, I totally the, like you get the younger shorter 
not as glamorous yep. sister who, you know, like, you know, she knows the truth. Uh, mm-hmm. Kit knows the truth of what's happening there, but she's just like constantly fighting to try to change well, that's yeah. what happens what it is that's what happens in this next scene where they're on back at the dairy farm and they're walking and kit's like going kit why don't you get your sister to teach you how to hit kit why can't you be beautiful like that sister of yours what dog? idiot said that no one but i know that's, that's what they were thinking no it's not you ever hear dad introduce us to people this is our daughter dotty this is our other daughter dotty's sister and then at one point she says, Mom and Dad should have just bought a dog. Hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and oh she, Kit. And she's spurred on by what that guy says uh, when she's walking away at the baseball walk. Right, she's, she gets the guy heckled. Say, yeah, he gets heckled. She gets heckled. Uh, basically, a, a troll community come to life. A fan right there is like, you should have, what did he say? He said something like, your, uh, your, do- your sister bailed you out. You should go learn to hit some balls, learn to bat or something like that. Good thing your sister bailed you out. Yeah. And that, that, yeah. Just like digging it in even further with yeah. her. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And then there's this moment, which I love, which is she looks up at Gina Davis like, why do you walk so fast? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, they, and then uh, Kit walks a little bit faster. Gina walks a little bit yeah, faster. Yeah. And pretty soon they're oh, having right, a yeah, race. Yeah, and then they're having a race. They're running. I love yeah. that. That moment is, seems, again, yeah. seems so honest. It's so real yeah. and by the way Lori petty was way faster than gina davis and she had to do the strange thing that actors have to do sometimes how do i look like i'm running as hard as i can and, and still and lose still be losing yeah. yeah um it's very fun to watch uh now we're milking some cows <laughs> you ever milked a cow uh oh have i <laughs> did you ever go like because we went to elementary school up- they would take us like trips to farms where they would teach you to do? Oh, it. Did you ever do that? Uh, no, I okay. have not. So picturing little John Roca oh, with the teeth in his cow. hand, little yeah. tubby John Roca. Yeah. Um, I grew up in the forest, and um, there were farm <laughs> farmland all around. Oh right, okay. But uh, but my backyard was a forest, <laughs> and um, I don't believe I've ever actually done it. It's hard. Wow. I have imperfect memory though, so I'm not <laughs> sure. But um, yeah, I don't think I've done it. Um, but they're doing pretty well milking their cows, and who should walk in but John Lovitz? Uh-huh. He's really funny in this movie. He is funny. This is my, I think, my favorite movie that he's in. He almost steals the whole movie, and he's in it for like ten minutes. Yeah, it's incredible. He, everyone in this movie is like you yeah. fall in love with them oh, because yeah, yeah. of the nature of it. Yeah. yeah. And he and he has maybe the best forties voice I think of yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah. His <laughs> is great for this. <laughs> it's just perfect for it. And he's decided that he wants Dot to come play baseball in the new league. You ever hear of Walter Harvey makes Harvey bars? You know, the candy? Yeah, we feed them to the cows when they're constipated. That's the guy. He's starting the girls' baseball league. So we can make a buck while the boys are overseas. Want to play? Huh? Nice retort. Tryouts are in Chicago. It's a real league, professional. Professional baseball? Mm-hmm. They'll pay you $75 a week. Of course, he doesn't want Kit. Doesn't you know? And and Dot's defending her. She's saying like, "Look, she's a great pitcher. She she didn't pitch today because she pitched yesterday." And he's not having any of it. And I love this moment, by the way. One of my favorite lines is, "We only make thirty at the dairy." Well, then this would be more, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he's just really funny. But Dot loves her sister, and like, yeah. you know, she's fighting for her sister. Yeah. Apparently, by the way, Lovitz wasn't so much about the farm animals. <laughs> He wasn't shows. He wasn't a big fan. You mean in real life? In real life, uh-huh. and uh, and the farm animals were distracting. And finally, he just gets to the place where he's just going to power through and just ignore all the animals. And a cow like keeled over behind him <laughs> and went into labor. 
Are you kidding? And he just kept playing the scene. <laughs> yes. They named the Do you see that? No. No. no it's in it's I, I don't know if there's even outtakes of it, but uh-huh. but apparently they were filming. They uh they named the calf Penny. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And Dolce says, Well, I'm not gonna go. I don't need to go. She doesn't need it. And Lovitz exits and chases her out, chases him outside, and she wants to go. And like, please, no, I'm a pitcher. And Lovitz basically goes. Now look, I know the goods when I see the goods, and she's the goods. And as he's saying that, he's patting her on the arm, mm. and then he pats her a little more on that arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he kind of pats it again. He goes, "Oh, you're a pitcher, eh?" <laughs> <laughs> I love that sort of that you could see the wheels turning. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, and he makes a deal, which is, if you get your sister to go, you can come too. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, chickens are attacking him because Penny Marshall put grapes and all sorts of food in his in the cuffs of his pants, <laughs> so the, the chickens keep coming after him. <laughs> Uh, these wild animals away from me. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Cody, what do you think? these animals <laughs> um, And so later on, we're having dinner, and the kid is trying to convince Dot to go, while Ma and Pa are sitting in the back mm-hmm. listening to the radio. By the way, that dad is way too old for them. Right? That way like too old. Like 70s. And then um, you're also going like, then how old are the ladies? Right. And they're like, it's supposed to be a time where you, I guess you went from your parents to your Right, husband. she's right, already of course. married. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, she's already she's married. Right. right, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's one yeah. of the things that comes out at this dinner. Is yeah. She says, look, I'm married. My husband's overseas. I don't need to, I don't need to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I have, my life is here. But Kit, this, she doesn't have, she wants to do something special. But can't you just have this first? Just so you can say you once did something? Something special? Please, Dottie. I got to get out of here. Nothing here. Hmm. And what do we hear at that moment that she says that line? Train whistle. Mm-hmm. And we know. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, we know too because otherwise there's no movie. <laughs> right. You know, otherwise they just got to stay in the farm. No, place. let's just hang here. It's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to Madonna and, and Rosie and all the other team going, man, why are we losing all I the time? I know. It just it feels like we need a pitcher and a catcher. <laughs> yeah, so I have a question for you both. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they told their parents? There's, there's never a scene in the movie. The dude's like 75 years old. The mom's yelling at them because they're being too loud while he's trying to listen to his radio programs. <laughs> do you think they told them? I think they told their parents. You do? 100%, yeah. 100% Dot did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She, she is a good girl. And they she, trusted yeah. Dot. And yeah. They were, yeah? You take care of her. Yeah. yeah that's, well, that's exactly what I think. That sounds about right. Lovitz is on the train talking to some salesman. <laughs> <That's> so great. <laughs> <laughs> Your job, I'd kill myself. <laughs> um, and when he looks out the window, what does he see? He sees Dot. And Lori Petty trying to look like she doesn't run as fast as Gina Davis <laughs> running up to the train. She had to train. She had to do training to be able to not run it's as a fast. Tough, as the, tough skill. Very difficult. It's very... like fast. It's, it's power walking. <laughs> they also, by the way, were frequently building up the pathway so that Gina Davis is always walking in a little trough. Oh, <laughs> right, Petty's right, right, always right, walking right, on a little right. hill because Gina's tall. She's so tall. Yeah. Um, I don't know how tall she is, but I she... think like six one. I'm going to mm-hmm. think. Oh, really? Wow. Or definitely six. Well, needless to say, they make it onto the train, um, and they're sitting with uh, John Lovitz, and then we hear, "Oh, we got to go pick up another girl, Marla Hooch." We cut. Oh, in... do I love Marla Hooch. I do too. Yeah. Uh, one of my sad things about the movie is I don't understand why they married her off and made her leave the team. I wanted more Marla mm. Hooch in this film. Well, I, I think that's why. I'm totally fine with their marrying. It was to give her an arc, like, I, it, like that was her yeah. happiness. I and... totally like the arc. Mm-hmm. I just want her playing in the last game. 
Mm -hmm. because she's a great player you know like it seems weird for her like in your basic team rules you know team sport sports movie she should be playing and right now she's in this gym and she's just knocking the cover off the ball going through windows (laughs) (laughs) and the and and dad is going you know telling her what to do and now switch to lefty and she kills the ball lefty, which is, by the way, um, Megan Cavanaugh. She's actually doing all that batting because we don't know this yet because her cat is down in front of her face. Right. And dad is talking about her. She's got an eye like the Maggio. And he explains that, you know, mom's dead and he's been raising her and he's basically saying, you know, if she was a boy, I'd be taking her to the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we call her over. Still haven't seen her face. And then there's the moment where she lifts up her, takes off her hat, and there's the reveal of her face. Mm. And here's the thing I was thinking about. This is your basic, look at this unattractive person joke. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we still, that used to be a normal joke, like the fat person joke, the ugly person joke, like Mm -hmm. that was kind of a normal thing. And I would always, once I realized that people were actors, start to feel really, really bad. Like, oh, you're trying out for fat person number three, Mm -hmm. who's gonna have the fat joke. I don't think we do those jokes as much anymore, you know? Yeah, I mean, there was a movie called I Feel Pretty that sort of... Oh, that's true. ...did that. Oh. But but uh, for, for that moment, what I liked so much about it is I, I feel like it's uh, it was based in reality, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we're, I, all, I love it when um, someone is defying the odds or being so good that politics totally. don't apply. You know, like, so, like, yeah. she's hitting, like switching right. up you know left and right and that you can imagine on a team that there would be a woman who like if you're if you're talking about right. women in right. sports right the archetype is like the, the woman who's not attractive right. who who's mm-hmm. amazing mm-hmm. and then that's why i think they're well and her arc exists. I, I think yeah. it's and story-wise he's not going to take her because he wants pretty girls, which you wouldn't do if it was the male team. Mm-hmm. Is right. that these right. these no women doubt. have to hold up to a standard yeah. that doesn't make sense in most of sports? And I think it's super important that it's here. Yeah. Um, by the way, she uh, Megan Cavanaugh plays this part. She was working at Ed DeBevix when she got this in role. Chicago? I there was one in oh. L.A. too. Oh, so there I don't was? know. I don't know. Really? I went to it when I was in film school. It was over on La Cienega. Um, I don't know if she was at Ed DeBevick's in Chicago or here, but that was that was her yelling at people, <laughs> just yelling at people, being, <laughs> being rude, rude. <laughs> them loving it. Um, and as soon as uh, Lovett sees her face, he's like, obviously not going to take her. And you're listening to that John Lovett's looking at someone's face. Like, <laughs> no, right? Nope. Yeah, his line is so uh. frustrating. <laughs> His line is, you know, General Omar Bradley. Yeah. Well, there's two strong resemblance. Oh my Terrible. God. Terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> and Dot and Kit's response is, they put down their suitcases. What a moment in 1992, right? Of fucking empowerment, right? These two women go, oh no, no, no. You're not. We are not going anywhere without her. She can play, and you're judging her, but based on her face. Hell no. And that is powerful, right? Even more so in 2018 with everything that's been happening, these moments still resonate and you people people get lost thinking it's just happening now. It's been happening slowly through these through these moments in these films, in this media, and you see it in this moment here too, this moment of empowerment. It's not, it's not a big deal. It's not made a huge deal. It just simply mm-hmm. is, you know? Yeah. Well, Gina Davis is a powerful character throughout yeah. the entire film. Yeah. She doesn't let anybody push her around. Yeah. And she's not, she doesn't do anything in an aggressive way. She's just like solidly, this is what's right. I'm not going to go. Mm-hmm. And I love dad kind of takes the blame. He's like, well, I know my girl ain't so pretty as these girls, but that's my fault. I raised her like a little boy. 
I didn't know any better. She loves to play. Don't make my little girl suffer because I messed up raising her. Their relationship is really sweet. It's so sweet. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah. And they have a lovely and, goodbye yeah. at the train station. Yeah. It's really sweet. It's beautiful. Yeah. And, and and to go back to Dot, like Dot is always in control yeah. mm. of her own life and destiny and the choices that she made. That's what this movie does so well is that Kit wants this and we know everybody's wants. Yeah. And some are going for them and some have accepted what their lot in life is mm. or whatever. But right. like for Dot, it's like she just she knows what she wants and she goes for it yeah. or whatever think, that is. Yeah, I think she you know? I think she's comfortable in her own skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think she ex- she expresses strong desire in the film, although mm-hmm. she does believe in doing the right thing. Yeah. This is what is required at this moment and therefore that is what I'll do. I know? I know we're going to get to it, but like it's so refreshing that Dot and Tom Hanks's character, there's never romantic anything mm-hmm. there. You know, I mean, there's like hints that there's something, hints, right. hints, and yeah. yeah, but it's so that's what makes the movie so special is that that she's like never goes there. Mm-hmm. Like you can have affection for the opposite sex and not have it be anything more than right. a coach to a player. Well, and they're complete equals. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. never a power dynamic. He might try to have power over her. Obviously, we're going to get there. Which does initially, yeah. But, then but she, yeah. there's no having power over that character because yeah. yeah. she's so comfortable in herself. But it says what's happening in, in 1992 and still probably in 2018. It's just like you have to have like a rundown has-been guy. Oh, that's a great And then what the a great best possible version of a woman in the sport oh, in order to be equal. There you go. Yeah, man. What a great point. <laughs> Um, we walk into Wrigley Field, hmm. and everyone who acted in this movie <laughs> was emotional the way, about this. Been there many times from many. Chicago. Oh, yeah. Love it so much. Yeah, I've never been in Wrigley Field. <gasps> what? Wow. I've only been to Chicago once. I loved it. Yeah. I was there for like a week. You put that microphone down, and you get yourself <laughs> on a plane, and you and get you take Wrigley JetBlue Mint, and you <laughs> land and go immediately to Clark and Addison. Go so ahead. my parents <laughs> sit in the Ivy too. When I was when I was in high school, my parents I went I went off on a trip to Israel with my confirmation oh. class, and my parents to Israel, but not Wrigley Field. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, fascinating. I, you, so you're saying I'm you have a problem with my being Jewish? So 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 my parents they took a drive. My dad was a huge baseball fan. My mom was too, and they drove to every National League stadium in the country and saw a game. Over one summer. Really? Yeah. No lie. No lie. 1995, I did that with my best friend, Maurice. Right before I went back to college. Are you serious? We took a whole summer and we went all the way up the East Coast and went to every ballpark and then back down to every ballpark. Did you see a game in every one? A game in it. Because it's hard to schedule. That's what my parents said. We were essentially following the Oakland Athletics on their their East Coast trip. We knew the players by the end of the East Coast trip, on all all the players on the Oakland Athletics, because we were following their road trip through the East Coast. It was fascinating. I just so fascinating. It actually couldn't have been when I was in Israel. It was later. It had to be like 89 or 90. Because I just... You just throwing Israel around. Like, you all got... You with Israel. Because of the whole Chicago thing. Fancy, fancy. I'm sorry I haven't been to Wrigley Field. <laughs> I'm sorry. I cannot believe it. <laughs> Only because so- you're missing out on more, like one of the most fun experiences ever. Yeah. So I'll tell you, just just Not occurred to me, piece. it's a digression, but it's a good story, is my parents are driving around, and they had to go from 
you know, Chicago to Seattle or something. So they're really in the oh, middle of the Midwest yeah, yeah. and they got, they'd been on the freeway forever and they got sick of driving on the freeway. And they're like, let's just drive on surface. You know, let's just drive on country roads. Mm-hmm. for a while. they're driving on a country road and my dad is kind of following, you know, the sun and going, we'll go over here. And they come up with a sign and it says this way to field of dreams. And the 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 field of dreams field oh, in Iowa, in Iowa yeah. and they pull up and they go to field of dreams. Wow! Totally randomly stumble across. That's it. But, amazing. But not you, not me. Okay. No. All right. If It'll you build be... it, they will come. Didn't apply to you. You didn't want to. No. no. Have you gone yeah. to Dodger Stadium? I mean, it's even I closer. I have been to Dodger oh, okay, Stadium. Okay. All right. Yeah. Have you been to Fenway? <laughs> no. Fenway is. I haven't been to Fenway. Really? Yeah. You haven't been to Fenway. Fenway? No, my Fenway. husband's a you massive. Call fan. yourself a sports fan? Fenway. Well, I don't know why. I've been to. I've been in uh, uh, San Fran. I've been to that a lot. AT&T? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, That's where I'm from, so I've been there yeah. a bunch. Yeah. Um, okay. But, we but Wrigley Field. <laughs> Back to Wrigley Field. <laughs> Wrigley Field. <laughs> what movie were we talking about? They walk okay. in. Lovitz basically says, don't embarrass me. And they're shocked that he's now leaving. They've gained some strange affection for this kind of nasty man. I love his line as he leaves. He says, yeah, I'm just going home. Grab a shower and a shave. Give the wife a little pickle tickle, and I'm on my way. I'll see it. <laughs> <laughs> Some stuff only Lovitz can do, I think. I know, right? Yeah. Um, and now, who do we meet but Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna? Let's take a moment for Madonna. I mean, I don't think you could express how big and important Madonna is at this time, Huge, 1992. Massive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, it goes like it's Frank Sinatra, Elvis Presley, the Beatles, Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. and then it's Madonna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would. I'm going to throw something out here that you may completely disagree with, <laughs> but I think Uh-oh. a league of their own is the reason we still care about Madonna today. Wow, wow. <laughs> that's a strong statement. <laughs> I would like to hear arguments uh, yes. for and against this. <laughs> I'm fifty percent. You serious. might be right. In that, yeah. what it did was show her. As a human being mm-hmm. who had a sense of humor. And w- if you find somebody be re- relatable, you can have a record not mm-hmm. sell. Mm-hmm. Sure. And like it just it was just so huge for her. I mean, like, I, and I would argue like Lady Gaga, <laughs> Lady Gaga with uh, Star is Born. Oh, it's yeah. going to be like, like, this is going to be, it's so right. massive for her right now. And, and, and I would say it's more massive than what A League of Their Own was for Madonna. But like. When you can cross the line of acting and music, and people are like, "Oh my gosh, I I can I can relate to you, and I can yeah. connect with you, and and you're bringing me in," then you, they're fans forever. Like there there there's no fair weather fans, don't you think? I don't. So I agree with everything you said about the relatability of the role that she plays, but I don't think that the people who aren't in, I don't think the people that were into Madonna. W- Look at League of Their Own. They're still looking at yeah. All it's the other it's just stuff. my thing. Yeah, like for me, I love her in this. For movie. me, I love her so much in this movie, and the, this movie is so is so important, and so it, like it was so special to me that I like. It doesn't matter what she does. Like if she ever, you know, how she like Instagrams something crazy and right, and then you're, I'm like, oh well. <laughs> she was in a League of Their Own. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I kind of you don't go. She was in Truth or Dare. No, uh, oh god no. no no but i think you make a great p- 
point because this is her best the, performance. The wrong point. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, she would have been. She's she'd be the pop star she is. But like, I think uh, there's there's a point to explore here because she was a pop star. Of course, she came out of the '80s and the, all. The, she was about shocking and blah blah blah. But as she was progressing through express herself, there was this idea that she was becoming a spokesman for women. Right? She was right. pushing for yes. this thing, and then she yeah. walks into something like League of Their Own, which is a female empowerment. And I bet she lobbied hard to be in this movie because she was trying to establish herself as an actress anyway. Yeah. To have it coincide with her uh, kind of embracing her political power as a female voice, right. this seemed like the right combination. And she's so good. And to so not be good. the lead. Yeah. And she yeah. was super controversial. So yep. that, that's, this is why I'm saying I think she just, it's the millions of people, mm-hmm. she was so controversial that she brought, this movie brought those that were on the fence about her yeah. on her side. She connected with Rosie Certain O'Donnell. Possible. They were like besties. Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell was beloved. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, so if, if Madonna did anything nuts, Rosie O'Donnell was like, she's great. She's just like a girl from New York or whatever, yeah. you know, like, and, and it just made her like, okay for, for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I, think. I think, I think I totally agree with all that. And I think career choice, this is an amazing choice for mm-hmm. her because mm-hmm. everything had been about her at the center of her universe for so long and, and focusing so much attention on herself. So to go take a supporting role mm-hmm. in a ensemble kind of movie where that isn't that standout is a huge choice. Where she's she, being self-aware. Like yeah. I've been yeah. known as being promiscuous yeah. and, I, and I'm playing this promiscuous character and in a fun way yeah charming and, way and by the way she was uh, she wasn't also not at that 2000 people audition at usc she was cast a little bit later she did lobby for the part i believe she was heading off to can for truth or dare stopped in new york city worked out with some baseball people to see if she could play are you serious yeah and and because penny wouldn't take her unless she could prove that she could play baseball that's power yeah and the baseball uh, power are just Toughness. I think yeah. that's, well, both to say yeah. to, to Madonna, the biggest pop star in the world, you better learn to play if you want right. to be in my movie. And that's of course, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. baseball coaches said, oh, she'll be fine. <laughs> because she's a great dancer. And yeah. so, you know, she has a great physical prowess. So, so that's how she gets cast. Rosie auditioned for Marla. That's what she was going to play. Oh, wow. I could see that. And then she hits it off so well with Madonna that they come up with this part so they can have the two together. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And they're great together. We don't have Rosie without this movie. Right. There's, there's right. no. Yeah. I think I'd seen her in front of a brick wall or something. Yeah, you she know, does. Doing she did stand up. She was part of that '90s stand up explosion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. to see her do this was incredible. Um, and she's doing a little trick with flipping the bat. And they have huh? really good, fun chemistry together. And up walks Kit and Dot. And there's a little bit of kind of <laughs> who's going to be in this thing, and it's going to be one of us or one of you, and. Dot, you know, talks a little bit of smack, and Rosie turns around and throws a ball right at Gina Davis's face, and the ca- the barehanded catch mm-hmm. is so love a good barehanded catch. Oh, it's awesome, <laughs> and the way Gina Davis plays it is so like tough, mm-hmm. just tough person. You know, like you're not messing with me, and gets immediate respect from Rosie yeah, O'Donnell. Yeah. Hey, how did you do that? Excuse me. Hey, hey, you caught that? Hello. For the first time, you're seeing, in a comedic way, women decide who the alpha is. Mm. And I don't think you ever oh. saw that really in a, in a movie before. That's a great point. Is that they're, like they're, women who are always the beta, the supporter, the wife, the whatever, the girlfriend. And here it's like, oh, no, no, we're going to fight it off. Because then Rosie, uh, her character, then uh, accepts her as the yeah, alpha. So- and is just like, okay, yeah, yeah, we're a team, you know? Well, I, 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 that's such a great point. I never thought about it, but it's so, because for 
coming up with the lineup, for getting them out of the bar. For It's very, very clear that she is the mm-hmm. alpha. Yeah. You're totally right. That is a great point. Of, Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, of course... Of course, not everybody thinks this women playing baseball is such a good idea. There's uh, some woman on the radio. Always, always. Talking about the masculinization of women. (laughs) Dangerous consequences to home children and country. Um, They're still around. And the most disgusting version of this is women playing baseball. How dare they play baseball? (laughs) It's great. What's so sad is we're still here. It's like it's uh, decades earlier than when a woman can have a credit card by herself yep like that's it's just wow yeah fascinating no it it, it, yeah and we're still here you know yeah uh we see some tryouts there's a good montage we see madonna sliding dot hitting we see uh dot and catcher gear uh she makes a great throw to second base we see all sorts of good classic baseball montage by the way i have no evidence of this whatsoever I think Penny, <laughs> I, I think Penny Marshall loved the natural. There are so many moments in this movie Wouldn't be surprised. that are like homages to the natural. If she didn't love it, she probably studied it. Don't yeah. you think? Mm-hmm. Like if you're gonna have some comps of movies that because the way prep the, for the movie, the way the montages are structured, mm-hmm. some of the mm-hmm. you know, and it's the it's the exact same era, right? Yeah. Um, but the costumes and the there's so much mm-hmm. stuff yeah. that is kind of like a comedic version of of stuff yeah, in the yeah, natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you get that great '40s trumpet music, yeah, all going totally. through the montage we instantly puts you in the feel of exactly. it, right? Absolutely. Like there's just a feel. Yeah. Um, and we see the list of the team, and Madonna, Rosie, Kit, Dot—they're all on the Rockford <laughs> Peaches. Mm-hmm. And the coach is giving them a talk about what it means to be in this league. And there's this one woman, I think, as you mentioned before, who's yeah. standing at those lists. Mm-hmm. She's a Cusack. Yeah, it's Ann Cusack. Ann Cusack. Shirley Baker. Yeah, she can't read. Mm-hmm. That is a great moment. It's mm-hmm. heartbreaking. <laughs> I met her at an Oscars party mm. years ago. Years ago, back when one of Mike Ross's ex-girlfriends had an Oscar party, and I was sitting next to Ann Cusack, and I told her, I want to say this to you, I don't want. I know you're John Cusack, but I just want to tell mm-hmm. you, in that moment in League of Their Own, my heart breaks every fucking time for what you do because it's so believable because you were so authentically lost and you accept the help so well. You could see the tears. Well, it's just fascinating acting with no verbal, no verbal mm-hmm. thing at all. And it's just incredible to see that. What did she say? She was just like, Oh my God, thank you so much. <laughs> That's it's awesome. Like nice. I worked three days on that movie. Yeah. Weeks, weeks together. You know, how actors are, <laughs> um, <laughs> What does that mean? You know how actors are. Yeah. What do you mean? John? It means it's all about the money, son. So is Ann Cusack, John Cusack's sister. Mm-hmm. No way. I and Jones, yeah. Um, yeah. There are a lot of Cusacks. <laughs> there are like British are many, Cusacks, many Cusacks too, like Cyril Cusack and all that Cusack. There's a whole contingent of Cusacks that are British too. It's nuts. I wish Where I was, was this movie shot? Mm. So it was mostly shot in Indiana and at Wrigley Field. Uh, the All the Oregon stuff is in Indiana. They built a, a ballpark for the opening uh, game that's it's supposed to be in Oregon. That's in Indiana. And then they built a main ballpark for a lot of the the playing. And then they shot, I think, a week or like two. Like the at, tournament end of the... Yeah. And they shot like a week or two at Wrigley Field. Wow. Um, hmm. Which, by the way, when they shot at Wrigley Field, Tom Hanks and David Strathairn slept every night in their trailers so that they could get up early in the morning and go play baseball in Wrigley Field. Wow. Which I just think is awesome. I love that so much. Do you, though? Because you've never been. 
to regular I mean, do you really do you understand really awesome? how special that is, I mean, uh, Steve? So I'm like... able to understand things that I haven't <laughs> um, been to. I don't For know instance, I was true. never in the uh, 40s, and yet I can watch a movie about the 40s. Yeah, this is what happens in film. I don't know if I can really buy what you're saying. Did you know I've been to Israel? Did I tell you that? Oh, boy. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. We know you've been to Israel. We s- How long was your Israel trip? Six weeks. <laughs> so six weeks. Is that that's what all the little Jews do? But was that your first time in Israel or no? It's my only time in Israel. Oh mm. wow! How yeah, was just it? Once. It's nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. I learned a lot. Were people playing soccer or baseball? Oh, good question. Uh, they. I saw. I don't think I ever saw anyone play baseball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Soccer though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> What do you think of the girls' baseball uniforms? Well, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I played softball till I had to pick between softball and track, and I can't imagine sliding in a skirt. That is ridiculous. I mean, it's hard enough sliding, and uh, a man can attest to this shit happening to you with long pants on, you know? You get the strawberry. Yeah. It's not great. No. And, and, and the, but it was because they thought they wouldn't slide. Right. You know, like well, stopping them from sliding. Well, which and is this is one of the crazy. key things is what they want these women to be compared to what a male baseball player would be is totally yeah. different. And they show the, the women's uniforms and they all have a terrible reaction to it. And the next thing we find out is, by the way, you're not going to drink. You're not going to smoke. And there's going to be no men. <laughs> And Madonna, yeah. May. <laughs> she's All out. Way May. Um, and David Strathairn's line is, "Ladies, if you can't play ball in this, you can't play ball with us." There's 89 other girls who have uh, yeah. who play in a bikini. If I told them to, yeah, you yep. get that kind of like. By the way, David Strathairn, uh, Gina Davis, when she was first starting acting, she was I don't know high school, or college. She's at a summer stock, and the big actor at summer stock is David Strathairn. Huh. So she gets to act in a movie. He's good. Yeah, I, he's, he's so one of my good. favorite. Like, you know, supporting actors. He's never been bad in anything I've ever seen. I agree. Wait, now, when does Tom show up? Not yet. Not yet. We're getting, we're almost, we're almost there. That's fascinating because we're into end of act one. We're we're right at the end. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, The ladies need to go off. I think before you play baseball, you should probably go to charm school. Mm -hmm. Maybe walk with a book on your head. Marla has a, has some trouble. By the way, the direction. Marla has some trouble in this little montage. The, the, the direction of having like the one shoulder up—that's yeah. from Penny Marshall. She just said, "Just always have one very stressed out arm." Um, it's a so very funny. funny little montage that ends with you know we go through how to drink tea, mm-hmm. we're balancing books, we're uh, learning how to walk. We end up getting fashion advice as a woman's walking through and going, "Oh, we're going to soften this, we're going to move that, we're going to do that," and then of course they get to Marla. <laughs> and it's a great reaction. Is Helen Haley the um, the beautiful blonde? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. She's great. That's played by Anne Ramsey. Mm-hmm. She, she like that again. Like when you look at archetypes of who oh, make yeah. up the team, totally. of course that you would have like the stunning, the beautiful blonde, the beauty, the beauty but queen. She yeah. also in that same way that like Lonnie Anderson and WKRP is like you know like, it's like she's smart mm-hmm. and she's on top of stuff and yeah. you know like she's a good player. Yeah. And she's stunningly beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she's great. Well, the whole well, that's one of the funny things watching this last time. As I went, I kind of want to spend more time with the team. Like I'd like to oh, yeah. get to know each of these people a little yeah. bit more. Um, one more thing about the fashion thing with Marla was something that Penny Marshall said that I think is just great. It's something we've talked a little bit before about on the show. Is uh, is that one of the things that she does is she doesn't say cut quickly. 
is that she says, particularly for comedy, mm. there's going to be a moment and the instinct is, okay, I had my last line cut. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, let the moment sit. And the looks between Marla and the fashion person and all the reactions to that is because she waited about 20 seconds before she said cut. Wow. And you get all these great, great comedy moments yep. because of it. Um, now we meet Tom Hanks. <laughs> And we get to spend some time Trot with. <laughs> uh, uh, and we're at Gary Marshall's palatial mansion. This is great. Right. I really, I like Gary Marshall too. I think oh. he's really funny. He's the, my favorite Gary Marshall of all time. Is uh, Lost in America, where he is the the casino boss. Oh, really? And he's so funny. Oh yeah, I love him in this and in Soap Dish. These oh, are my two Dish, favorite yeah. Gary Marshall performances. So. I, I think I'm about to blow your minds oh, oh. because I used to play on Gary Marshall's softball. Yes, of team. course you did. And With our friend. Yes, yes. yes, yes. That's right. And uh, so I, you know, I hadn't played in a really long time and I had to go. Um, uh, another friend of mine, Greg Botanic, he w- worked at the Falcon Theater. And so he played on the team and, and they're look- they always looking for ladies. And so I went and had to, I had to go to the Falcon Theater and show that I could throw a softball. You had your like, own tryout. You had your own tryout. I did, I did a tryout. I like you to try out and at the theater. At the theater, like in the parking lot, you know, <laughs> behind the theater. And so then, so then they were like, okay, yeah, she can throw. So I, it was when I very first moved to LA and, um, and I was the catcher, uh, because they, they just always put ladies who they're not sure about as catchers. And Gary had a thing where he had to play, he had to pitch the first three innings of every game. He had, and then wow. after that, he didn't play at all. And okay. so, and he's like, you know, I don't know how old he probably in his late seventies at this point. What, how old was he when he passed? I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, so, cause this is a long, long time ago, but he had, um, I think he was like, born in the mid thirties. So, so maybe he was like 75 or something okay. or 70, but he had, um, he had like, you know, stuff on his elbows and his knees and he had like all these like braces and stuff like that (laughs) and i like i you know i played for a long time it had been a while since i played but i certainly know know how to throw a ball and i just was so nervous throwing the ball to gary to this old guy so i would like under throw and then this old man had to like pick up the you know i had like bend over and be like okay okay to my chest Hit my chest. <laughs> Aim for my chest. And then I would overthrow, and it was just a hot mess. But I just was like so Did so you settle down? I assume you settled down. I don't know <laughs> if I ever quite settled down. I, I, I really screwed the pooch there on that one. But... But um, but it is when you when you like when you bring up Gary uh, in this movie, yeah. You know, I think about how like I had those games with this. <laughs> By the way, Tom Hanks, a little bit hungover. <laughs> Oh. He's not so, he's maybe a little worse for wear. The great Jimmy. 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 <laughs> Six-time batting champion. Yeah. What's really funny, by the way, so first of all, I don't think Tom Hanks looks like a baseball player really in any way. Oh, okay. <laughs> he just doesn't look like a baseball player to me. Fair enough. And and the the this guy was an amazing player. He had 458 mm-hmm. home runs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is like, that is a yeah. really, like really. the best yeah. player to ever play the game. <laughs> right. I mean, this is a really, really good player. Unfortunately, a bit of a drinker. And I love I love the moment where Gary Marshall asks, because he's talking about giving him some managing job. And he says, let me be blunt. Let me be blunt. Are you still a fall down drunk? Well, that is blunt. <clears throat> No, sir. I've uh, I've quit drinking. And I love the conversation about it, where it's sort of. You're a young man, Jimmy. You still could be playing if you just would have laid off the booze. 
Well, it's not ex exactly like that. I hurt my knee. You fell out of a hotel, that's how you hurt it. There was a fire, which you started, which I had to pay for. Like, that's all good. Yeah. All good comedy stuff. And also, like, a classic athlete who right. retired, yes. done, obviously a drunk, because, mm -hmm. like, what else do you do when you're retired at right in that time yeah, right because nowadays you'd be a commentator but yeah, back yeah, then yeah. you're like yeah true yeah. what do i do now yeah. um and he says i want you to manage a girls baseball team and a great reaction from tom hanks and, and what what gary marshall says is you know you got a name you just wave your hat and give the people a thrill why don't we just get an organ grinder i can hop around and do a little dance if you need you're up to it go ahead <laughs> <laughs> um and then there's this moment of like here's a job and we cut to the first game Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first game of the All-American Girls Baseball League. And all the ladies are in the locker room going, where is he? Because this is a big-time, exciting ball player. One of them has a has a card they want to get. This is an autograph. Yeah. And he staggers in drunk. He looks at the card. Or they look at the card to compare to him. Is that really the guy? And he walks right up to the urinal. And we have a very, very oh. long pee. Brilliant. Which, which all the way many times. <laughs> oh, yeah, of yeah, course. She times. Um, it is a brilliant pee performance yeah. from Tom Hanks. Here's how Penny Marshall did it, which I love. Tom was not, it's the only way I can say this. He was not in control of the flow because she was standing with a bucket and a hose and she would turn it on and off. To tell him when he was starting and stopping. So he's <laughs> listening and reacting to the sound. So awesome. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That is a brilliant, brilliant bit of directing. Yeah. Because it makes it, it has to be fresh now. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, can't, yeah. he's reacting to something that's going on and it is a long, long pee. And you, all the reactions going around and the room. And it's totally quiet. Yeah. Like yeah. they're just looking at each other. Just marveling at it. It is. So, so this is, again, a small digression, but uh, there was some sciencey podcast I heard and it was basically, did you know that almost all mammals pee on average almost exactly the same time? It's about 21 seconds. Elephants take about 21 seconds to empty a full bladder. Mice take about 21 seconds. We take about 21 That's seconds. That's crazy. Wow. Isn't that crazy? And, of course, I assume that after this, you're going to want to check yeah. it out and see if that's true. <laughs> I have checked it out. On average, it's around that. <laughs> um, I have uh, many follow-up questions. <laughs> okay. um, how um, many times did you check it out to get an average? Probably 10 or 15. Wow. I was interested. Look, clearly you were. I have two hands. One had a stopwatch. So you watch. had like you were like I had my phone uh -huh. and I like went start and then I the other hand was aiming and we and we saw what the time was. Hilarious. And apparently it's because the size of the bladder and the pressure of the release mm -hmm. it releases a certain flow regardless of the size yeah, of the like bladder. A penny being dropped <laughs> from a building. <laughs> <laughs> and then it lands at the same time as a as a feather as a, as a feather. Yeah, right. No, that's just, not. Well, actually isn't that the science experiment you do? Well, if you like... didn't have atmosphere, they would fall at the same yeah. time. There's actually have you ever seen that video where they drop a bowling ball and a feather in yeah, a yeah, vacuum? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about that is so cool. I John's like, what the did, hell are you talking about? No, I just remember Schoolhouse Rock when they did it off Schoolhouse Rock, Fair. the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Do you did you did you catch yourself like when you were timing yourself? Did you catch yourself cheating a little bit and like forcing it up? I quicker really, than you really tried would? to make it a fair test. Okay. I couldn't clamp down, right? Or, you couldn't or, clamp down or force out. You couldn't force out. No, I just, I tried to okay. pee at How the normal rate. How would I naturally rate. pee? How would I naturally okay. pee? Right. 
I respect your choice, your your analysis. Then. So, how long does he pee for? I I didn't time it. What a great question! Oh. I wish I knew the answer. It's it, a minute twenty. It's a long. We're gonna time. do some research and then edit this. <laughs> we'll get back to we'll have to put it at this time. The. Oh my gosh, guys! It's, so it started at twenty-five seconds in. It's is when he started peeing, and he's still peeing. Because there are a lot of false endings. Yeah. Um, one fifteen. So twenty five to one fifteen. That is a full bladder. Thirty five, forty five, fifty five, oh five. Oh, twenty five to one fifty seconds. Fifty seconds. Yeah. He peed for fifteen seconds. That's double for the 50, normal human. Five zero seconds. Double the normal human. Yeah. Mm. Or elephant. <laughs> Do- or double the normal mouse. everything. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I will find a way to cut exactly what we just said because that was really funny. Perfect. Um, the uh, uh, one other thing about this moment is that the actual uh, American Girl League baseball players were on set a lot. They were hanging out all the time. They had they made they loved it. They loved it, and they made great friendships with all the people on the on the movie. And they loved everything about the movie except this scene. Oh, really? They hated this scene. They said it was inappropriate that this wouldn't happen, and this was not right for for them. Fascinating. Uh, Yeah, it's a really funny scene. Inappropriate. Inappropriate. And yet Penny was like, "It's got to be him." (laughs) And and Penny is right. And then he. he he. She, after he finishes peeing, the woman with the baseball card hands it to him. She he tears it up, walks out. They're going. We need to get a lineup, and you know who's going to play first. And there's an argument. And Dottie basically says, "How hard can it be to make a lineup?" Hey, 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 guys, come on. How hard can it be to make a lineup? Come on. Oh yeah. Well, why don't you do it, Oregon? Me? Yeah, yeah you. All right, May, center field, lead off. She's good. <clears throat> and this is the, what your point is, is that, yes, she's immediately the alpha. Yeah. Uh, it's time to start the beginning of the game. Yeah. And it, I, I was looking at the announcer. It's Squiggy. Squiggy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's so my good. second born if I were to ever have one. No. I feel a little bit bad for you. Is that a boy or a girl, Squiggy? Little Squiggy. Little uh, Squiggy. It's got to be a girl. Like well, Lenny's a girl. There you go. Um, well. It doesn't got to be a girl. I mean, <laughs> you haven't had it. It's whatever I, whatever is miracle. <laughs> okay. Um, and Jimmy Dugan does what he's required to do, which is he steps out of the dugout, he waves his hat, and mutters under his breath, "Eat shit and kiss my ass, kiss my big hairy ass." <laughs> and then he goes back in. Out comes the the Rockford Peaches, and the crowd laughs. Are they laughing at us? Yeah, they're laughing at us. They hate us. Just keep smiling. Uh, and they just have to keep smiling. Mm-hmm. It was a rough moment. I like that she did this. I like that she did because you know you have to constantly feel connected to these players and cheer for them. And if you put them in a situation where as soon as they walk out, the crowd is cheering for them, then what's the obstacle? Hey, what's no the story? You know, exactly. They're not underdogs. They're so smart. Yeah. So smart. I, I, I literally was in class because I, I was teaching directing class today and literally saying that the look, when you're a writer, you are God and you are not supposed to be a nice God. Yeah. You are supposed to be an angry, mean, vengeful God who's going to not let your characters get what they want. Mm-hmm. That is the point. Nobody wants to see your movie about people happy and hanging out and having a good time. Mm-hmm. It's not a good movie. So so when the girls come out, right, you hear the fans are not happy and the, everything's happening with the anthem and they're whispering to each other, really nervous. 
But then this one guy is out there being louder than the rest. He's literally on top of the dugout where you later in life will see mascots do stuff to get the crowds going. He's actually sitting out there as a dude and he's making fun of the women and make fun of them throwing. And then he pulls up his pants to simulate their their outfits. And all the women are like just taking it and you can see in their faces that they're just like really hurt by what he's doing. And of all people, it's the beauty queen, the Georgia beauty queen who takes that ball and just hits him with the ball. And it's great. And there's no reaction. Like all everybody else just laughs. And in that moment, I think the crowd then is now on their side mm-hmm. yeah. because they're willing to fight, you know? And it's so great. Yeah, it's a great moment. Yeah. Um uh so we go into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dottie is up to bat and the announcer goes well what's Jimmy Dugan gonna do at this moment <laughs> looks over what's the signal gonna be and Jimmy Dugan is scratching his balls <laughs> That's right. which is some kind of signal and Dottie hits a home run Yeah, I, I love the announcer you gotta have good announcer lines and his line is oh baby shit the cream cheese out of that one <laughs> uh, and, and, and of course then he gives the credit to Jimmy Dugan master strategist for having her swing away because they, they don't know what they're looking at no they don't they right, right? like well, they can only go with what they possibly, understand yeah. so it's just like yeah they're yeah. they're only out there because a man put them out there and they're only able to do what they're doing because someone is directing them to do that right right of course yeah. a woman couldn't possibly have come up with any of this right. thing that doesn't that doesn't compute um later on jimmy's pouring some water on his face kid wants an autograph Stratheron sends him away and comes up and says nice piece of coaching jimmy Especially like that move in the fifth inning when you scratched your balls for an hour. Well, anything worth doing is worth doing right. Which <laughs> is a fair point. And Strathairn really goes at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, until you did that, I couldn't tell if you were drunk or dead. And I love that Strathairn is the, the, the advocate for the players. Mm-hmm. You know, he's fighting for them. Now, Jimmy, you have some pretty good ball players here. If you want to give them a little bit of your... Ball players! I haven't got ball players. I've got girls! Girls want to sleep with after the game, and I don't know what you coach during the game. And then he spits on Strathairn's shoe. Mm-hmm. That is just nasty. Yeah. Um, and again, this is the thing: is he has to start off nasty because we have to have somewhere to go. And he's what um, the point of view was. He's yeah. articulating the point of view of how everybody felt exactly during that time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. why you cast Tom Hanks. Yeah, because yeah. If you he can, cast, he's the only one that can get away with it. Exactly. Yeah. If you cast anyone else, the audience is immediately done with Jimmy Dugan. Don't care about that resolution yeah. or the arc. Yeah. Uh, and it, it ends with Strathairn asking, Jimmy, if we paid you a little more money, could you be a bit more disgusting? <laughs> Tom <laughs> says, well, I could sure use the money. <laughs> you know what's so interesting not to, not to constantly be harping on like, what's happening now in 2018 and how all these things still apply. We never do that in the cinema. But but it's, it's like the only way to get people to see the point of view that they've had such a hard time seeing is if you do it through comedy. And so you've got this very light, very fun, very emotional, like beautiful, you know, fun movie. But the amount of like the, the shift in uh, a per- person's point of view or like society's change. Like when he says that, like you, the girls are who you sleep with. Mm. Those girls are who you sleep with afterwards after you've played. And you've got another man saying those are good ball players. I mean, just that is like already like helping shift the narrative. Oh, and, um, and it, it's just like, it gets minimized because it's a fun movie and, you know, again, like I, I, it's just been so important to me because I like watch that movie and I'm like, they're articulating the things I 
have been feeling or felt as an athlete, you know, like again, going back to volleyball, like we wore bun huggers right. and long sleeve. I never wore bun huggers, <laughs> but, but I would have looked good. Do you know? Yeah, no, and it crazy. was like, why, you know, like it, it, it and it was in the nineties and the, you know, early two thousands. And you're like, and, and even, even now when you yeah. look at like, um, uh, like the D one schools right. or whatever, they still have like really like scantily in it. This gets into like Serena Williams and oh, yeah. tennis and like what, what's it, things aren't changing. Well, and the thing you said that is so important is that you have to articulate the viewpoint of the mainstream at the time Yeah, is that you have to have Tom Hanks articulating the prejudice in order to have fight so you can it. explode it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's so yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if I'll put this in, but I literally had a question to ask you at the beginning that I kind of skipped over because we were talking about other stuff. Mm -hmm. But the question was, what do you think is more able to deal with changing the way people think, comedy or drama? And uh, and it's just so funny that you started talking to basically exactly that uh -huh. point. Well, uh, you know, like I, because I, I, I didn't want to make it about blockers, but like I, something as heavy as like young women having sex. Mm -hmm. And just all these, like, you know, these views of, like, women not having agency over their own bodies and, you know, they should stay virgins until they're married. Like, these very, like, at their core, traditional, right. very religious, control, dominate. Like, it was important to me to show the movie with blockers that, like, through humor, you can get out uh, different messages to make people stop and think and like w one of the my favorite lines in the movie is when kayla says to john cena who plays her dad why is sex so bad and he doesn't have he's like i don't know you know like because it's it's such a loaded question and it's he just wants to be a good dad to her. and and so i hope that people you know get something from it i'm hoping that women young women are able to have conversations with their fathers they've never been able to have before well that, yeah. that uh, honestly i'm really glad you brought up blockers because i that's why that's why i was so excited about doing this movie because i think there's a direct connection a direct lineage between league of their own and blockers mm -hmm. because league of their own is taking a traditional male genre which is the sports movie right and translating it for women in a way that forces you to look at women's roles within society and look at your own prejudices and blockers is taking a traditional male genre which is the Absolutely. teen sex comedy mm -hmm. and transforming it for women's perspective and forcing you to look at things by the way i i, I again it's a digression i i go every year to this family camp and every year they uh -huh. have lecturers and this year there was a lecture uh, dealing with uh, dealing, talking to your kids about sex and about uh, body image, about uh, gender transitions, gender identity, all this stuff. And it was a great, like, in-depth conversation about how to deal with people who are struggling with these things. And there was a moment in it where she put up negative images in media as things that were destructive. And one of them was uh, from Mulan, and it was the ghost ancestor saying something about being a cross-dresser. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and I said, excuse me, I don't think that, I, I think you're wrong because you have to articulate, you have to have that ghost say this thing to articulate the negative thing that Mulan is entirely fighting against. If you take that out, Mulan doesn't work. And she said, well, I don't really agree, blah, blah, blah. And then I told her she needed to go see Blockers. Um, and she has said, I would never see that movie because it's, you know, it's all sex. And, and I was like, right. no, you don't get what that movie is about. And I told her how the, particularly the first, 
gay kiss of the girl I'm totally bawling because uh-huh, it was such uh-huh. an empowering moment and so maybe you know in a very small way with a bunch of people up in the Sierras at a weird summer camp oh god bless you <laughs> a couple of people got that, that, that'd be great <laughs> we're in a newsreel watching our our girls play ball it's really <laughs> weird Helen Haley has not only been a member of several championship amateur teams she's also an accomplished coffee maker <laughs> they're making tea and the way they have to Gosh. frame these women it's yeah. so bizarre then there's pretty dotty henson who plays like Gehrig and looks like garbo uh-uh fellas keep your mitts to yourself she's married oh man <laughs> don't you hope that like that you are pr- thinking progressively so that when you look back 30 years, you know, yeah. 30 years later and you look back at this time that you're like, no, I, I was able to I see the, the right forest spot. through the trees or whatever, you know. <laughs> I was like, one of the good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I got it. You know, like, because like, so that you're not caught saying, you know, like my husband talk about this, all, we talk about this all the time of just like, what's the thing that like, you'll look back and be like, oh, cringeworthy. Like, yeah. why? Why? Yeah. It's, well, it's, 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 it's a scary one. Uh, uh, because we're all still going to be products of our time yeah. as much right. as, you know, and there, you know, there's times where I've moved a little slower than I had to catch up a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, like we all do that. I hope I haven't done it on the mic. That's the, that's the scarier one is like the public <laughs> thing. The thing is you'll look back at an, a movie and you'll hear it. And like, we look back at league of their own and we're like, Oh, that's crazy. But that was, the, they were proud of their time. Right. We could right. see the distinction. We know how, right. how it was back during that time period. And then you'll, you'll see some movie and you'll be like, I don't understand what's the difference. Like, what am I not getting? Right, <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> You're like, that seems like perfectly yeah. normal. Well, one, of the, <laughs> yep. one of the big battles Steve and I had one time was in, in Blade Runner when mm-hmm. Harrison Ford pushes Sean Young against the wall. And in my mind, that's always been a noir staple that the man is just a little rougher on the woman in that uh-huh. genre. But Steve's like, no, that's like almost, that's assault, almost rape. And I have now started to hear this from a number of people mm-hmm. about that scene in Blade Runner. And I would have never considered it yeah. because they end up together and it's just like maybe he had to break through her walls or her defenses, but not physically. And so it's just fascinating because it took doing that with Steve for me to like go like, man, I didn't think of it that way. And I've never seen it that way. And then when more and more people talked about it, especially when I caught with a few women the other day, we were talking about film, sci-fi and stuff, and they brought that scene up and I sat back and I'd, and it was like this, ooh, because yeah. I just didn't think about yeah. it in that way at all. It's just fascinating, you know, what you, well, I think you hold on to those Structurally things. in that movie, it is intended to be exactly how you took it. Yes, that is what really that's why I, I always is. go with it. But and, and, and to me, it's always that it's like he he calls her an it like two scenes yes, before. Right. It's all the stuff leading up to that that makes it so. Anyway, but that is a digression. But that's a digression. So we oh, there's one other moment in the in the uh, newsreel we should talk about, which is that they have all these kind of sexy close up interesting things with people, and then they have the shot of Marla, Marla who is a good from hitter away, right? from very far away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one other thing, by the way, Rosie O'Donnell does a great t- take two balls and throw them to two catchers. Mm-hmm. She was taught that by one of the original uh, American Girl Baseball oh, League players. Yeah. Um, Evelyn introduces herself to Jimmy and set, talks about her son and begs to have him on the bus. Ugh. And we cut and she says he's the sweetest little boy. You're going to love him. <laughs> cut to <laughs> crazy kid on the bus I love in that. a sailor outfit. Yeah. Still well, Angel. Still well. Ugh. Almost makes them crash. Covers yeah. the bus oh driver's God. eyes. 
But this is a weird moment, isn't it? Like the bus driver quits, leaves Wait. the bus, starts walking. Walks in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. But the, <laughs> the lady in charge of them runs out, confronts. He takes a pile of dirt and throws it in her face. Right in her face. And I remember when I saw 92, like I was like, oh, geez. Because mm-hmm. she's made to seem as this kind of stuffy guardian of yeah, the girls. Yeah, like the chaperone. Right. But right. in the 2018, yeah. you're like, yeah. it's right. Well, and this is where like that, it, you know, because this movie's on sort of the, it's warm and heartfelt and it's silly comedy. Yeah. And this, I think, is in the silly comedy place where it's like, oh. Yeah. yeah, that is weird. Yeah, yeah, but also great that of course one of them has a kid. Like, yeah, of course. Oh, right. yeah, like exactly. I'm almost surprised that not there's not more that have mm-hmm. yeah. uh, children. Well, all the way May, we don't know. We don't know what's <laughs> happened with she her. She left six kids <laughs> um, to someone. And while she's getting dirt thrown in her face, they're chasing Stillwell around, and finally Evan sol- <laughs> Evelyn solves the whole thing by offering him another chocolate bar. Oh. Perfect parenting. <laughs> um, and there's a great moment, by the way, where everyone except Dot is talking about going out to some bar or something, and they're all smoking cigarettes, and up walks Miss Cuthbert, the chaperone lady, and they all <laughs> suck in their yeah, smoke, yeah, yeah, yeah. hold it. She moves inside the bus. They exhale, just keep talking. And uh, she goes to talk to uh, Jimmy Dugan, tries to wake him up. Mr. Dugan! <laughs> what is it, baby? <laughs> And there's a big, long kiss. And then a big, loud scream as, he, as they both realize what has happened. Um, and he wakes up in that in that uh, drunk waking 100% up. Oh, God, what the hell is going on? Why have we stopped? Lou quit. Who is Lou? And then he goes outside and yells at them to all come on the bus. And he does, Tom Hanks does the most perfect gibberish yell. Come on, you girls. We got to get out. Get on the bus. What did he say? Is that English? (laughs) He's so good. And he gets in the driver's seat and is about to start driving, turns back to Miss Cuthbert. By the way, I loved you in The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Terrible. And later on, she's sick because apparently they kind of poisoned her so they can make it out to go to this club. And we end up at the Suds Bucket. The Suds Bucket, son. It's totally fun seeing Madonna dance in this style, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, and it's sort of what you said before, is that she's playing an ordinary person yeah. who is a good dancer. Yeah, it's yeah, really, yeah. really yeah. fun. And there are two guys kind of back and forth with her, and she's dancing with both and flirting with both. And outside, up pulls a car, I will call it a jalopy, (laughs) with Dottie and a young kid driving. Oh, God. And she wants to go inside, and he says, What's your rush, doll, buddy? What do you say we slip in the back seat and you make a man out of me? Yikes. (laughs) I like how they didn't um, sit in that stuff for too long. You know, like it's mm, not with the with kid the, or or just like with, with um like it was mostly about the team and their teamwork right. and winning games. Like they showed that they showed these sides, but mm-hmm. it wasn't for super long, right? Like mm-hmm. it yeah. would be it would be like this is what we're up against, but we move on. You know, like right. whatever obstacle it is, we kind of fight through it. Totally. Well, it's, yeah. it's also the. I had to get Dot from here to there, yeah. and I have a three-line joke moment, right? And that gets her inside, right? You right, know, right. rather than yeah. just have an empty moment where she exactly. comes into the bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to say something. In this scene with May, Eddie Mecca plays the guy she makes out with, 
Eddie Mecca was Carman Ragusa from Laverne and Shirley. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's the Karma. big ragu. Yeah, big, the ragu. big ragu. I go from rags to riches. Had to get a yeah, cold shower. Yep. Oh. He was the one who was making out with her there. And was, I, <laughs> I bet she was like, entirely forgotten about the cold shower joke. That's <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't flood they, they would like just... kiss for like a second and he'd be like, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> Why so, don't you go take a cold shower? So, and the reason Dottie's come is not because she wants to come to the club. It's that Lowenstein is on his way here. That's the Strathairn character and they got to get out of here. Yeah. And everyone's like, okay, thanks. And she counts everyone, and there's one person missing because Marla's singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Before karaoke was karaoke. <laughs> yeah. Some others I've seen. Might never be. What did you do to her? Not that we just gave her a dress and a lot of liquor. <laughs> it is a performance. Oh yeah, uh, and she there is a guy in the corner named Nelson that she is singing to, and he knows she's singing to her. <laughs> I sing it to Nelson, ain't I, baby? You sure are. <laughs> it's just great, and there's also the great moment with the band leader that just you know <laughs> palms his face. Um, yeah, then we head off to a church, uh, and, and we know that May's in the confessional with a priest, and it's just kind of a joke about a uh, long list of things a long done list with. of things she's done and the priest comes out looking pretty stunned <laughs> and the only reason the scenes exist is it was an improvised scene was they they got shut down somewhere else they had the church and penny marshall said get me madonna and rosie o'donnell and dress up a guy up as a priest and that's how this came up wow is it was just a cover shoot because maybe it was raining somewhere or something that's what you like. It's so like no one ever knows those things mm. that happen, yeah. you know, like that really great directors. They don't know yeah. all the obstacles and like a great director does that. Like, goes, like with the punches get me this come. person, get me this person. Yeah. Let's put this on. And let's just do it. And, yeah. and, and the, to make magic out of something where that you weren't prepared for. That's an amazing. That's yeah. That, yeah. Cause people don't the, get to, it. Cause stuff's not going to go right. Yeah. You know, yeah. things go wrong when you're directing. Yeah. Do you, do you ever hear like um, other people's commentary and stories about your production? You go, no, that didn't happen. That wasn't on my set. That didn't happen. Like they tell the stories. Cause I always oh, wonder when uh, direct, like mm-hmm. when we do the show, Steve does all this research, but I always wonder sometimes a director listens and goes, that's completely wrong. That never happened. Oh, blah, that's blah, blah. interesting. Have you ever I had mean, that? I haven't had that. Okay. So you but I, but I've definitely had stories where I go like, um, this person was supposed to be in the scene and then ended up not in the scene. And oh, wow. I had to like, emailed the other another actor to come into the scene and i had to rewrite like wow a, a whole on this, the fly the scene on the fly day up wow. like wrote this like sure. scene like change everything and then so in blockers like i ended up writing rewriting a um new scene uh that ends up end up being one of my favorites and then sort of like just doing like a, a complete overhaul wow. of a whole section um, of no fault of anybody's. It's just how things happen, right, you know? And right. it, there's kind of a rush that you get. Like, I oh, imagine, yeah. like, Penny Marshall was just like, all right, I, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Gonna this out. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, and I, I felt that way on that day. And I, I look back at maybe I like the scenes more because I knew how hard they were. Well, that's to the get. hard thing to separate. Was, I mean, sometimes there's just more juice on the day because everyone's buzzing with all that feeling. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then sometimes, then you got to get in the editing room and go, okay. Yeah. Take all that out of my brain. It does this. Is this working? Is it playing or right. is it not? Yeah. Um, by the way, I do have one that's exactly what you described oh. on a movie that I did, and I cannot tell the story, but it, an actor told a thing about something that happened that was entirely incorrect. Right. Where they took credit for something that wasn't there. You got to be kidding. And they told it at a film festival. Oh. And they told it at the premiere, and I had to go, mm hmm, that was great. Thank you. 
because I can't contradict them. Right. And it was like, it was my thing that I had done and not that they had done. And it was like, okay. And I knew that like that, if, if the movie had been a movie that was successful, that would have been a story, Yeah, you know, but it was not true, mm. you know? So, you know, it, I, I'm sure there are some. Can you show me an actor made up something? Yes. <laughs> no, what I'm actually saying is that the actor perceived, I think this person oh, believed legitimately that that believed. Oh, I think they framed the event in such a way because it was very close to what had actually happened. Right. You know, and I had the people who the DP came up and the other actors came up to me after this and they're like, that was you. That wasn't, <laughs> that didn't happen. But, you know. Yeah. That's part it is of what it, it is. Mm -hmm. And so now we got just Jimmy all alone doing some batting practice. Um, and this is, this is, by the way, I think what Tom Hanks did all the time in Wrigley Field was get up and just do batting practice. <laughs> so it's the next game. Jimmy's still not involved. May is up to bat. Dot gives her some signals. <laughs> she hits a triple, slides in the third, and someone makes the joke. No wonder they call her all the way May. And now Jimmy kind of perks up. He starts to notice, and Marla goes up to bat. And Dot gives her a signal to bunt. And Jimmy goes, what are you, stupid? What are you, stupid? Somebody's got to run the team, Jimmy. You know, someone who actually watches the games. You got to squeeze bunt with our best hitter? What's the sign of winning away? And they start to argue, and his line, always sensitive, is stop thinking with your tits. Hmm. Um, and he calls out to the batter and gets the signal, and he gives the signal for swing away. Dot gives the signal for bunt. Marla does this great step in, step out, <laughs> step in, step out. Pretty classic, awesome comedy scene, it's right? A like, really well just like scene, taking yeah. the game of giving signals and then yeah. and then heightening that game. Yeah. And, and then finally he goes, Hey, who's the goddamn manager? I am! Act like you big lush. He gives the signal for swing away. She she steps back in, She and she nails the ball. And he cheers, and and he looks back at Dot, and there's a smile. Um, Dot doffs her cap. Yeah. He had a respect. Like, of course, he like, at the end says, I still say you're not ballplayers. It's not quite there yet. But it's also, you see where this movie's going to go. This is this is the direction that we need to go in. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, because he's the last member of the team. I mean, that it's like... It has to come aboard. It's yeah. like in Bad News Bears, like you have to get Kelly Lynch right, right, at right, some right, point right. for the right. team to be complete, you know? Yeah. Like, we got to get that. Or in, in Hoosiers, we got... Yeah. What's his name? You got to get Jimmy Chitwood. You got to get Jimmy Chitwood. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you got to get Jimmy without Jimmy. For sure. Yeah, the last member of the team is Jimmy Dugan. Yep. Uh, we're, we're on the bus. <laughs> May is teaching... Uh, uh, and Cusack to read out of yeah. a dirty book. Uh, the one other cool thing that happens on the bus is that Rosie has the picture of her boyfriend and that basically this guy has treated her terrible and that all boys ever around her thought she was weird or strange because she could play baseball. I believed him too, but not anymore, you know? I mean, look it. There's a lot of us. I think we're all all right. And then she tears up that photo and throws it out the window. I love that. That's a really lovely moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're back in a game, and now Jimmy is involved. Say, Evelyn, can I ask you a question? You got a moment? Mm -hmm. Which team do you play for? Well, I I'm a peach. Well, I was just wondering, because I couldn't figure out why you would throw home when we've got a two-run lead. You let the tying run get on second, and we lost the lead because of you. Now you start using your head. That's that love that's three feet above your ass. And she starts crying. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? What are you doing right now? It's so 
He's so like, it's so foreign to him. He doesn't even know how to deal with this. It's brilliant. And this is one of those in the list of the 100 Conic. greatest yeah. iconic yeah. comedy lines. This is up there with I'll have what she's having. And, you know, mm. like the, yeah. And he is really funny. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Oh. Are you crying? <laughs> There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. I love I love the Tom Hanks I cannot control my anger upset. Yeah. He's like And he- trying to so hard. Yeah. I mean like his real struggle. But if you were going to like do a tagline of the movie of like putting a bunch of oh, women yeah. together on it, you the tagline would be there's no, there's crying, no crying in baseball. baseball. It's like you'd put what, what you know, you're gonna expect women to be emotional and all that kind of stuff. It's so I love it so much. It's well, so a great good. monologue, too. Rogers Hornsby was my manager, and he called me a talking pile of pig shit. And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry? No, no. No! <laughs> no! And you know why? No. Because there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! Well, and Tom Hanks' manager called him a talking pile of yeah. pig shit. Yeah. Did I cry? And that's yeah. when my parents came to see me. And did I cry? Yeah. No. You know why? Because there's no crying in baseball. Wait, what a great message to the to the ladies watching this movie where you're like, "There's don't cry at work. Don't yeah. cry. Oh, like, yeah. like, be stronger. Be tougher. Be like, don't have. Mm-hmm. There's an expression in uh, the Dutch have, which is like, don't have long toes because it's easier for you to be to step, step on, to step on oh, you yeah. yeah so it's like don't be so sensitive like just be a little stronger yeah yeah do you think it's uh a coincidence that i named my daughter evelyn with a nickname lenny and that my love for this movie do you, like do I, are we supposed to answer that i don't, I don't know like i'm just you don't know now where i'm like don't you know the evelyn answer? Is, you, you know, know the also answer. what's <laughs> really what's really interesting is i wrote a 30 rock episode where i named uh a scott atzett's daughter oh. evelyn Huh. And I don't know. I I just thought Evelyn Russell was like a cool sounding name. Have you ever told your daughter Lenny? that there's no crying in something? <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween costume idea. <laughs> oh, really? oh my god. I love it. Can she carry around a little tiny stillwell? That would be amazing. Um uh, Oh my we, gosh, not this year but next year. <laughs> next year what that's we're what doing. it's going to do. All right. Um there's another game. <laughs> the stands are empty. And this is the problem. David Strathairn comes in. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, we got a reporter from Life. We have to get people excited. We're dying. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the Life reporter wants to do a story about Dottie. She's the queen of diamonds. This does not please Kit. And they're making part of the story that she wouldn't come without her kid sister, which makes Kit even less happy because it makes it makes her feel even worse about it. And what he's asking is he wants something spectacular, mm-hmm. something to get people to not close down the league. You know, and the basic rule is no profit, no product. And Madonna has this moment of, what do I do? Go back to taxi dancing? I'd never heard the term taxi dancing. <laughs> is that a, like, is that a term? I that, never either. Oh, yeah. That's something they did in in New York. The ta- the women. It, what is are you mean? familiar How with taxi dancing? It? Yeah, yeah. I, like I'd read about it. You're a guy who's into taxi no, dancing? No, no, it's, it's not that. Uh... It's basically women dancing in the streets for money. Oh, and so they would dance. They would turn the taxi. I think I forgot that it was even in that movie. Yeah, they would turn the taxi lights on and would dance it. I never heard that. Something new every day. That's awesome. And guys, with it's not. It's not. It's demeaning work. Is it on the deuce? (laughs) (laughs) Should question. I don't don't believe it. It's on the deuce. Um, unfortunately, this game is not very exciting. And then finally, there's a pop fly, and Dottie goes for it. She yeah. goes out. Of all the people, Dottie. She, and she drops right? into the splits and makes a catch. She's under it. She's 
Thank you. The one who's most authentic, she does this. She does She does what? Because throughout the whole movie, Dottie does what's necessary. Exactly. That is, she's like, this is what has to happen, mm-hmm. and therefore I will make it happen. Yeah. What great foreshadowing for yeah. Yeah. Uh, the end of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, that's a dude dropping down in the splits, because <laughs> Gina couldn't do that. She could do the splits, but she couldn't do the drop into the splits. So that's a man uh-huh. in a skirt, and then that's her uh, when they cut to the other shot. Um, and Jimmy's response is, this is goddamn circus. Which now, again, not to harp on the injustices between genders, <laughs> but a lot of stunt women are, you know, get furious when they when men oh, when are men put come in, in to do, yeah, the, to to do, do the yeah. Thing, right? And so, like these days, it, it'd be like, why can't, why couldn't you have found another woman to do those right. splits? But, That's a great. That is a great point. That's what I thought was funny in Spaceballs when they had the male. They had that scene where them, the, the, all the uh-huh, men were playing uh-huh. the characters and the stunts uh-huh. and all the women and stuff. That was brilliant. Ah, uh, Spaceballs. <laughs> um, <laughs> we go into another montage. And now they're playing, and now is when people start showing up. The sailors want to catch a fly to get a kiss. There's newspapers, you know, filming Betty Spaghetti. Jimmy's signaling for people. Um, The girls are knocking down pictures of Hitler, Tojo, and Mussolini. Um, And then we have the Madonna line. What if at a key moment in the game, my my uniform bursts open, and uh, oops, my bosoms come flying out. That that might might draw a crowd, right? And Marla gets a letter from Nelson. And even even Rosie has her fans and they come up with flowers. And then there's this great so moment sweet. where there's an African-American woman. Yeah. She throws the ball yep. to the girls and there's a look and mm-hmm. she nods. Mm-hmm. That is a powerful powerful moment yeah and it's also like there's no stone unturned in this movie right like um the the fact that this this movie proved you could have uh you know like 15 memorable characters right that you think about you know and um like from her like rosie's fans like you think about them and that they had their own nelson every every character had their own comedic game Mm -hmm. um and even the announcers and you know like all all across the board it's really special in that way well this goes to that you know there there aren't small characters like you like if you're just going this is the waiter that brings the coffee no they should have a personality they should have a thing like the kid who drives Dottie to the place right. has a personality. Yeah. We get a moment. And this moment is like, I love it because it's sort of like, no, we haven't forgotten you. We, we know this yeah. movie's not about mm-hmm. you, but we are respecting you. Mm-hmm. You know, And historically, there weren't any women of color playing, playing right. the game. Mm-hmm. So we were honoring that and telling right. the story. But please, we tip our hats to you because yep. we know that um, you should be out here playing. Yep. Right, and it alludes to the Negro League stuff as well on yeah, the male yeah. side. It's it's a great yep. it, it it works on both levels. Yeah, it's so brilliant. Uh, one of the girls slides into third base, and then we get a shot of her bruise. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a real Awful. bruise. Yeah. yeah, it's real. Really? That's what they said. They I said if they're, oh. I mean, they're sliding and in sliding. These, yeah. yeah, yeah. That is a nasty, nasty mm-hmm. looking bruise. Those are the worst. Um, <laughs> we even have Rosie catches a ball in the stands and comes out with a hot dog. <laughs> Dottie does behind the back. Uh, catch which is really gina davis doing that and Dottie spitting tobacco next to next to jimmy i like he's like that sounded good did major league come out after or before it's before it's in the 80s yeah major, oh, major, major league in the 80s, in the 80s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 89 I think major really. league like or it's the influences of major league just having like every character having yeah. uh yeah. like 
kind of like the 85, 86 Chicago Bears where like right. you knew Peyton and <laughs> McMahon and yeah. refrigerator pair. Yeah. yeah, like it, like it's like just making sure that each character was memorable on the yeah. team. Um, it's funny. I think it's you're totally right. I think the natural for like style and major league for, for com- some of the comedy, yeah. they're both influences. We've talked about doing major league on the show. I, I loved it so much. I would listen to the soundtrack. I know that sounds crazy, but wait, do you think? Oh my God! Holes in my, my pockets, pockets. Memories, memories on my mind. <laughs> I know so no many. one else who knows this song. <laughs> oh my God! The Bill Medley song. It's the such Bill a Medley, beautiful but song. But most of all, you. you. I loved oh. it so much, and I. Um, He's made my whole world. I Dick. will like sing it to Evan or whatever. But I used to when I was in track in college. I used yeah. to listen to the soundtrack on like our bus rides mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh yeah, because that soundtrack is, a, is it's amazing. A great soundtrack, it's a wild thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all through it. I never know anyone else than most of all you. <laughs> that has been on my like. It's, it's always on my love mix that I have. Always, always. It's great. I have to say, song. this is like one There's of the. So many <laughs> this is sort of the great moments in Cinephile's history. <laughs> something magical and Literally. unexpected but just I'm not occurred. But saying back to you is that yeah. I've never met anyone else who knew it really? either. Oh, yeah. Oh like, my god, yeah. it's such it's, a great song. It's so beautiful. No one talks about it. <laughs> um, can I say? Can I, I? I just want to join the club a tiny, tiny bit. <laughs> when when Charlie Sheen enters to Wild Thing. In the big moment at yeah. the end, I cry every single really? time. Aww. Oh, totally. Oh, There's some of because it's the, for me. A lot of times, it's like a perfect filmic moment, and yeah. I think that is one. Like mm. just like the oh, God, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. It just gets me. I'm gonna mess this up, so I wish I was gonna get this right. But I like um, Renee Russo. Yeah. Like so, she's a, a librarian. She's, she's or, like, a librarian, right? Yes. And her. Um, license plate, I believe, says books. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or something like yeah. that. Oh, I think it says, yeah, books. Oh, yeah. Is, or, or book or lover. I think book, it says book lover. Book lover? Yeah. I remember, I remember being like, oh, look at that license yeah. plate. <laughs> Did you really read Moby Dick? Cover to cover, babe. Yeah. <laughs> fucking love that thing. Oh, he was so attractive in that movie. We're going to have to do that. That movie yeah. is just uh, eminently quotable. Will you invite me back to do Major League? Well, that, of was a, that was a big one for me. I haven't seen so. it in a really long time. And oh, I'll print, it was one I watched over and over and yeah. over again, mm-hmm. but it's been 10 years probably. I'll print out the lyrics actually. for that for yeah. most of all. You're going to do a duet. <laughs> all right. We're back on the bus. And uh, Jimmy sees a picture of Bob, Dot's husband. Mm. And we hear that he's in Italy and this subject of telegrams comes up which is a great little plant and how scary that is for her and then we go to like why aren't you in the army well it's knee you know his knee he says i get so useless so fast which you gotta get you know it's like if you are hitting 400 home runs Mm -hmm. apparently he hit 58 home runs in a season Mm -hmm. we find out at the end Mm -hmm. he's one of the greatest baseball players of all time that is a long way to go um yeah, when sixty-one was the home record for home run record for so long. Well, that's that in nineteen. Time. That's in sixties though. Right. That's that's Mickey still Mantle. Yeah, right, right. That's still. 15, no, uh, who is it? Who is it? Ted Williams. Ted Williams. No, 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 no. Uh, Roger. Mar- no. Roger Maris. Roger Maris. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Ted Williams is the four hundred hitter. Yeah. Right. And then there's this moment. It's like, well, when Bob comes back, you're gonna keep playing. No. You could just quit like that. Sure. Because you play like you love it. No. No. Does he know how good you are? Bob? No, Hitler. Yes, Bob. How good am I? You stink. You're lousy. You're only the best player in the league. 
And again, this is where I go the little bit of unknowableness about mm -hmm. Dot. And well, what exactly does she really think? It, it's obvious that she cares about baseball and that she cares about, well, how good I am, am I? Mm -hmm. But there's another little thing here. And then I love this thing she asks. You ever been married? Well, let me think. Yeah, twice. Any children? One of them was, yeah. <laughs> it's a great little joke. And then he wants to get a drink, and she takes the flask out of his hand and hands him a Coke. Mm. Um, uh, we're at the next game. Their affection is growing for oh, each yeah. other, mm -hmm. right? You just see it built. Yeah, yeah. Scene. She understands why he's drinking. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. Like well, and he really respects her. And so here, well, and this is, the, I guess this is the question is, is he is part of him in love with her? Yes. I think so, too. I think he's falling in love with her. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. Is part of her in love with him? No. No. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I think she respects his abilities as a player and understand. Like, she becomes the coach to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I'm going to play a, wor a, a word game that is silly, but I don't think part of her is in love with him. But I think she loves part of him, if that makes any sense. Yeah, but as you would love... Yeah, a friend or a brother, you know. There's something amazing about him yeah. that she sees. Yeah. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't think she's any part of her is in love no. with him. He's also damaged. You know, yeah. Who doesn't love a stray sometimes? Um, we're in the next game and Kit's getting hit on. She's not doing that mm -hmm. well. Jimmy goes out to the mound and Dot comes out and he asks Dot, how's she doing? And her first response is great. She's battling. Mm -hmm. That is a very non-response response. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is not, she is not quite willing, because she's not willing to lie, I don't think. Mm. But she is trying not to be mean. And then he looks at her. What do you think? She's done. She's throwing grapefruits up there. And Kit goes out mad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Dot's completely right. You know, this is what you do. Kit does not, there's certain things that Kit has not accepted about the game. The game is the game. Yeah. I mean, it was a time where pitchers, stayed in games a lot longer than oh, they yeah. do today. Today, pitchers are out, you know, really soon. Um, and Gary Marshall's there, and he's happy. It's, in a hat. Always in a hat. In a hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so funny in this role. Mm -hmm. um, and he's given credit to the – and he compliments Streth Aaron, and Streth Aaron goes, no, we got to give credit to the girls because he has become a convert. He believes in this thing. Yeah. And uh, Gary Marshall's like, well, fortunately, we're not going to leave him anymore. What do you mean? What do you mean, what do I mean? We're winning the war. Our situation changed. I mean, Roosevelt himself said men's baseball won't be shut down. So we won't meet the girls next year. Because this has only existed because the men weren't there. Mm -hmm. And that's not what Streth Aaron wants. This is what it's going to be like in the factories, too, I suppose, isn't it? Men are back, Rosie. Turn in your rivets. We told them it was their patriotic duty to get out of the kitchen and go to work. And now when the men come back, we'll send them back to the kitchen. What a great male ally. Yeah. Do you know how dedicated these girls are? Like what they go through? They play with sprained ankles, broken fingers. They ride a bus sometimes all night to play a doubleheader the next morning. I'll make it up to them. What, with Harvey bars? Mm. Mm -hmm. That is pretty tough against the rich boss. Yeah. And finally he says, I want to take over the league. Let me buy the teams. Because um, he really, really believes in them. Later on in the rocky in the locker room, mm -hmm. um, Dot is talking to Kit, and he, she says, "You acted like a baby." And Kit's response is, "Because you treat me like a baby." And she's like, "No, I treated you like a pitcher," um, which is, of course, absolutely right. Mm. 
everything is so loaded. The, the casting is so amazing with these two. Yeah. Because like uh, Lori, Lori Petty is just like her essence is is Kit. Yeah. And then Gina Davis just has that command. Mm-hmm. And then it's also emotional. It's also like sister, the past of your sister. It's so great because it's so loaded and it's so fraught between the two of them. Totally. Well, what Lori Petty said is she said, I kind of a new actor and Gina Davis has two Oscar nominations and an Oscar. Yeah. She's a huge star. She felt that way towards her, that she had to prove herself Mm -hmm. constantly. That she's, I mean, like that's totally coming off. And she says Mm -hmm. that she wanted to be backed up instead of holding me back. And Dot's response of, I held you back. And that's how Kit has interpreted everything. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's not what Dot is doing. Mm-hmm. Dot's like, I, I got you here. Mm-hmm. I helped you get on the team. I'm, you know, and Kit just runs out on her. And Dot's like, I'm done. She sees Strathairn and says, I'm going home. Which again makes me go like, well, was she just coming to this team for Kit? Mm-hmm. Like, how much does she love being here? Um, because she's ready to, to leave. And it kind of comes like it's a distraction as she waits for her husband to yeah. come home because mm-hmm. other be otherwise you'd just be on the farm, yeah, alone without your sister. And it kind of mm-hmm. becomes like, well, either I go home, you know, or you make a trade, or you got to make something happen. Just trade me or whatever, but you got to figure it out by tomorrow, okay? Otherwise, I'm going home tomorrow. Uh, yeah. uh, tomorrow? Fine. All right, I'll, I'll work everything out by tomorrow. You really gave me a scare there for a second. And we're back at like their boarding house, wherever they're mm-hmm. staying. And Kit comes in furious because she's been traded. And, and Dot's like, no, I thought they were going to trade me. And they have this whole argument. And just outside is Rosie doing sort of telephone <laughs> of eavesdropping on this <laughs> big argument that they're having and telling everyone else. Um, and man, Dot just kind of loses it. I mean, for the first time. Hey, Kit, blow it out your rear end. I am so sick of being blamed for everything that's bothering you. I got you into this league, goddammit. She got her into the league. I didn't even want to be here. And why are you still here? And the fight ends and it they split, you know, like we don't have any resolution to this fight. And the next day we're in the locker room uh-huh. and they start singing that song. Which I love. <laughs> by the way, I used to know this song by heart, but uh, like uh, over the years, sometimes my friends and I, we would just like, if, if it called for it, we would just like go into better up, hear our call. <laughs> the time has come for one and all to play ball. <laughs> that was good. That's great. I like for you kind of went for the harmony. At yeah, the yeah, end yeah. There. yeah. That was good. To I'm a, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for that, you know? Like and this is where it goes back for always. It's like they are ball players yeah. first. Mm-hmm. And what what they do so great with the movie is that they're like they're women first and they're ball players. And then at some point in the movie they go become ball players first, right. mm-hmm. but then they remind us that they're women. Right. And um and then they become a team. Right. Uh, and then a family yeah. and, and then they all just, regardless of gender, you would have whatever is happening to you, you know, yeah. like, so that they have this, like, cause I think there's something very feminine about the song. It is. Uh, yeah. you know, and like when and I, of the era, yeah, yeah, for sure. And when I, um, I, I'm certain if you guys on, on sports that you 
didn't do this, but for uh, lady sports teams, like in high school, like on bus rides home, we would sing songs like, and we would, I grew up uh, oh. kind of a dirtbag, um, uh, like an hour and a half south of Chicago. And, and I remember that we would just like, we would sing um, Brian Adams, Summer of 69. Like we would like, sure. and, and like the whole bus, you know, wow. like I got my first real six train. And like, and that was like a bonding that was uh, right. Like, and uh, I don't think most people don't know that. that. Yeah. So Unl- like, for unless you're on the team of the white shadow in the showers, <laughs> uh-huh. then you would have. But other than that, no. So this was like such a great example. This song, it's like, yeah, that's what, that's what like girls awesome. did women did or whatever and uh like in high school girls so uh and that's what was really important to me in pitch perfect when they're on the bus um oh. for all your listeners if you've watched pitch perfect when they're on the bus and they sing party in the usa that was yeah. a direct connection oh, wow. to me being on sports teams and driving to right. different locations and us singing together and wow. um, that's awesome that's great so i put my hands up to play my song the butterflies fly away it's funny too because it's it's not women but it's in almost famous when they start singing um oh yeah tiny dancer yeah Dancer. yeah. Yeah. That's I always great. say Tony dances. I forget. Really? There's a whole <laughs> lyric. I forget what it is now. It's uh, I forget what it's something. It's something from Friends, Tony. right? Yeah, it's from Friends. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. From Friends. No way. The most romantic song ever was The Way We Were. Uh, see, I, I think the one that Elton John wrote for um, that guy on Who's the Boss. <laughs> what song is that, Phoebes? Um, hold me close, young Tony Danza. But we digress. And we have Stiltwell sitting in the locker room, kind of covering his eyes <laughs> and then peeking. And Jimmy comes in, slaps Miss Cuthbert's act, uh, ass. Mm-hmm. And he has just found out that if they win the World Series, he gets a bonus. So this has suddenly become important. <laughs> he wants them to really to play hard. And then the guy enters with the telegram. Oh, man. That scene has always stayed with me. It's awful. Excuse me? I got a telegram from one of you ladies from the War Department. And he's so flippant about it. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, man. And the the shock that you see going around the room. And Jimmy, this is where Jimmy's great. I can't. I don't have a name on the checklist. Just give me the telegram. Hey, this is official. This is from the War Department. Come on. That's official business. I'm trying to... There's a long sort of pause, and then he walks over and hands it to Betty Spaghetti. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she cries, and he comforts her, and it's and hugs her. Now juxtapose this to what happens at the beginning when he comes in the first time and he pees. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whose card does she rip up? Oh. It's Betty Spaghetti's card that her husband... I totally didn't yes, put that together. Her husband had given Betty Spaghetti Jimmy Dugan's rookie card for Jimmy Dugan to oh, sign yeah. for him and yeah. send it. But he uh-huh. rips it up. Oh, it's and now for her husband arc, who's... Oh, my right. God. I never now the arc comes that. in. I didn't yeah. either. Oh, yeah. in, that moment, so in that moment, he's comfort. When first he had rejected this, now he's the one that comforts her in that, that moment. I thought that it's the dead guy's yeah. card. Yeah. Oh, my George. God. George. 
George. George. And it's uh, just a brutal, it is. brutal scene. And, it, you know, it's sort of like with the African-American woman. It's like, we're going to take a moment yeah. for this mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. We don't have a lot of time. We're not spending a lot of time. But we're going to nail this moment. Mm-hmm. And then and then Jimmy says, all right, come on. Come on. We still got a game to play. Yeah, it's constant social mm-hmm. commentary on what was happening yeah. in real life. and um, That's why this movie is more than just a sports movie. Because yeah. Penny throws in... Just when you're starting to feel good, just when you're starting to feel happy, she throws this real life thing in there that gets you just a bit unsettled. So you know the stakes are constantly there no matter how much you're laughing and enjoying the movie. The yeah. stakes are like higher. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love that. Um, and the music we're hearing, by the way, is it just used to be my playground. That's, yeah. the, that's the music playing right now. Mm-hmm. And we go to just a great, lovely shot of Dottie alone in the hotel room weeping. Yeah. And it's well acted and there's a knock at the door and we see a man with a limp and a cane and there's Bob, Bill Pullman. Bill. Bob, Bobby. <laughs> he's he's great. And I, his casting is great. I mean, I always like Bill Pullman. But it's also that he has to come in and be completely solid mm-hmm. and right in a way to make it okay that this is the relationship and it's not the Tom Hanks relationship. I almost forgot how beautiful you are. Oh, no, I look terrible. I... You look beautiful. beautiful thing i've ever seen and their kiss and what they talk and like the line of can't we just hold each other for the rest of our lives and he says that's my plan Mm. that's great Mm. yeah that that you're like oh okay i understand what this is Mm -hmm. she really loves him too she really of course right and that you can just feel yeah well and i think because he's been absent and we've just been hearing about Mm -hmm. her and we've basically been hearing about her i'm sacrificing my baseball life everything because i have this husband Mm -hmm. and that now he comes in and you go, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I understand. Perfect for her, like yeah. her. Mm-hmm. They complement each other, yeah. right? Like you don't get a sense that he's just like telling her what to do and right how yeah. to be. You know, like no, she picked the right person for totally. herself. Yeah, he's as he's as chill as she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're gonna yeah, have yeah, a yeah. very cool. They are pretty yeah. mellow. <laughs> yeah, very chill. A very chill, chill life. <laughs> um, and it's time to get on the bus and Jimmy's rushing people onto the bus, signs an autograph, which is, wow, avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and his response is, that's good advice. And then he calls to Dottie and he walks up and he says, sees that they're staying in a car. And he goes, what are you doing? Taking a day trip? And he's like, she says, no, Bobby and I are driving home to Oregon. And that's just crushing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I really thought you were a ball player. Well, you were wrong. And this is this moment, you know. It is only a game, Jimmy. It's only a game, and and I don't need this. I have Bob. I don't need this. I don't. And his response is, I, I gave away five years at the end of my career to drinking. Five years. And now there isn't anything I wouldn't give to get back any one day of it. Well, we're different. Are they different? Like how this is where I go. Like, mm-hmm. why is she leaving? Because mm-hmm. I don't like her leaving. I mean, obviously, I don't like her leaving. You shouldn't leave the team in the middle of the World Series. I know Bob's back. Well, I, to me, it's uh, this thing just happened with Betty Spaghetti. Yeah, he's come back. Yeah, that's a good. And point. I think she, she's like, this is really just a game. And as Kay said at the beginning of this whole thing, she's always had perspective from the first second about the game, mm-hmm. and so. 
she knows that Bob is where her life is and where she's going to build a life and foundation. And, you know, so she can leave these women behind because this is for once she's going to do something for herself for once, you know, and she's going to go off with Bob. That's a good point, too. Because the time, the whole film, she's been doing something for everybody. So she's going to go off with Bob and, and have her life. And, and she's pugnacious about it. And the reason is because she knows that what she's doing is against her natural instinct or impulse. But for once, she wants to be selfish. And she can't even be selfish in a way that's like like angry or mean. She's being selfish in a way that she, it's almost like she understands what she's doing. But she, she's still going to do it anyway because she wants to reclaim a little bit of her life. And so she purposely pushes Tom away in a harder fashion than he, she normally would because Tom is being upset about it. And it's because he cares about her too and wants her around, you know? So there's, there's a lot going on in the scene. It's so great. Yeah, I mean, in the movie, there's like so many bits and we laugh and it's all fun. Mm. But the truth is like the reason this movie has, has is evergreen and will always, mm. you know, is because of its genuine truth. Like a woman like Dot, that's the how the, a woman would be. Uh-huh. You know, if, if she has perspective like she's pragmatic she's practical her husband is back mm -hmm. it's like you don't have you didn't dream that way right. you don't dream the way you dream now like you mm -hmm. don't you don't right. you know like serena williams is like sort of changed the way sure. a girl will approach you know mm -hmm. like uh, professional sports yeah you know like for her like the dream went here there was no like actual love and passion of a sport because mm -hmm. that's not how a woman would dream like yeah. that wouldn't be her dream come true. Her mm -hmm. dream come true would be love mm -hmm. uh, yeah. and family. That's how she's always framed her life. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It's funny. Uh, I, I hadn't thought about it, but I, I think you're 100% right that the Betty Spaghetti telegram oh, is hugely influential in this moment. And the other thing I was thinking, just from Jimmy's perspective, is he has 100% connected with the baseball part of Dot mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. gone yes. like, and, 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 and sees that perfectly clearly as who she is. And what he thinks is that he sees all of who she is, right? But right. actually, he's only seen that one aspect. He hasn't seen the other stuff because and because he's gone. You're like me, and it's like, well, there is a part of her that's like him, but then there's these other parts that he doesn't. He can't very, really very fathom. That's a really yeah. great way of articulating that. Yeah. Um, and there's this moment where he says, like, chicken shit, Dottie. You want to go back home to Oregon and make a hundred babies? Great. I'm in no position to tell anyone how to live. But sneaking out like this, quitting, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. Baseball is what gets inside you. It's what lights you up. You can't deny that. It just got too hard. It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. I have, I have memorized that line. Mm -hmm. And whenever I hit a moment in my career, in my life, where it's like that, I just hear that line over and over. If it was, yeah, it will. If it was easy, everyone would do it. And so that's the thing that keeps you going when it's hard on certain things. And I love that line. It's it's one of those things that stay. With. And I think it's just is even though it's not as many lines, it's just as powerful as the bull, powerful as the Bull Durham speech. Mm -hmm. It's just as powerful as Robert Redford's speech when he confronts uh, uh, Kim Basinger and Darren McGavin in the office and Robert Prosky mm. when he talks about baseball. And yeah. that's, whenever they talk about baseball in any of these movies, there's always a moment where one character delivers the philosophy of baseball. And it's there's something about it that's so American, so in the... I don't know, in the, in the, just in the foundation of the culture, for whatever reason, baseball is the one sport that is the quintessential Absolutely. American sport mm -hmm. that we see our lives through. It's funny. I had Jacks who did uh, little league. He did uh, T-ball mm. and we had played very little. Like we hadn't really played baseball at all. 
and I'm trying to explain baseball to him. Mm-hmm. And I realize baseball is so weird. It's the <laughs> weirdest yes, it is. sport. Yes, it it's is. like, because like football or soccer, it's like, yeah. well, you're trying to go there and kick that thing through that thing or run across yeah. the thing. Basketball, it's like there's this circle and you want to throw your thing through. It's like, oh, I get that. Baseball is like, so if you if you hit the ball on the ground, then you could step on this first base before someone gets there. But you can't do that the second because there has to be someone behind you. Mm-hmm. And if the ball is in the air and you catch it, you could tag up. And it's all this totally <laughs> yeah, complicated, sure. bizarre things. And the skill set is really yeah. unusual. I uh, dated a baseball player and mm-hmm. um, uh, w- around when Jordan was... Um, uh, oh yeah when michael jordan and he was so furious and i was like well what's the big deal or whatever and he was like you don't understand like if michael jordan takes that position he knocks down all the other all, oh, yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. as it goes lower and he said you have to understand that like that the nature of the game is that if i uh if i you know hit the ball one out of every three or four times at bat I'm great. That's the yeah at the game. Mm-hmm. Like I take this tiny ball and the bat, whatever. Right. And and he's like, so if you're batting 300, like you're really really good. Yeah. And uh, that's a very difficult thing to do. So for somebody who's worked all these years to get to a position where they might, and it, you know, Michael Jordan's taking it away. But uh, what I left with that was like, oh, I never realized, I never thought about it that way before. Mm-hmm. That like if you. If you're like would, would anywhere else in any other sport, that'd be failing. Yeah. But in, right. in baseball, it's a huge success. Well, and it's and in baseball, too, it's not it, it is one out of every three at bats. But it's also there might be 10 pitches in that at bat yeah. that you fail and fail right, and fail. Right. And, fail. Yeah. and it's so it's really it's so rare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I always that to me, that's always a comparison to being an actor, which is because it's not physically necessarily that hard. You have to sit and wait all day and mm-hmm. then you're going to go out and then there's going to be this moment where 50 or 100 people mm-hmm. on a movie set staring at you and you have to act like your kid died or something yeah. and get it in that moment mm-hmm. and be real and honest and true. It's really, really hard. Yeah. That is a really, really hard thing to do. Okay. Um, and Jimmy walks away. And Bob comes up and says, I love these tra- <laughs> transitions. <laughs> and Bob kind of comes up. It's like, everything all right? And and he closes the door on the bus and they get in the car and they drive away. And we're into the first game of the World Series and a big crowd shows up and we got newspaper headlines and Rosie's getting flowers. And Kit, who's now on the other team, she just hammers the peaches and they win their fir- the Bells win the first game. That's Kit's new team. Um, and racing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The rate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're in the locker room, and Jimmy's now doing some intense coaching. Owl <laughs> down on the floor, and he kneels and he leads them in a beautiful, heartfelt, deeply spiritual prayer. Uh, Lord, hallowed be thy name. May our feet be swift. May our bats be mighty. May our balls. Be plentiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great little. So I'm sure you could speak to this, but to me, so much of comedy is about reaction shots mm-hmm. and seeing the reaction shots of the of the team <laughs> as he's doing this, and then and then he just I think he just can't keep going and goes into. Lord, I just like to thank you for that waitress in South Bend. You know who she is. She kept calling your name. <laughs> Terrible. That is so fun. I really miss funny Tom Hanks. Like there was a whole time in our youth where he was this amazing comedic actor, and I feel like this is kind of the end. Other than like bits on Saturday Night Live, Mm -hmm. where he's still funny, but but like next year is Philadelphia, yeah, and then then the year after that is Forrest Gump. 
Mm-hmm. And then he sort of is Man, in all these did, dramas. Oh, actually, like uh, I was just looking up his career, like the the '90s stretch for mm. Tom Hanks was just so amazing. Yeah, he, it was like Sleepless in Seattle for like oh, yeah. Castaways at the end. Yeah. Like it's like a '98 or '90 whatever. Mm-hmm. But it went from like League of Their Own to Sleepless in Seattle to Forrest Gump yeah. to Philadelphia wow. or Philadelphia yeah. Forrest Gump yeah. Apollo yeah. thirteen Apollo thirteen yeah. yeah. Um, he, Tom Hanks was on Thirty Rock, and it was really oh really yeah, and it was re, it wasn't an episode that I wrote or, or anything like that, but I went on set when he was there, and this is just a guy who like oozes charisma. Is like, I I had I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of times before that, and he's just like such a wonderful guy, but like just like walking from you know his dressing room to the set of just like okay what am i doing where am i where am i sitting what do i you know but super fun and kind of like i guess a little bit like his bosom buddies character (laughs) right or you know or are um in like um uh trading places or not not trading places um you mean bachelor party or no jackie gleason oh my uh, nothing in uh, common Nothing in common. Yeah. Nothing in common when he's like talking to his uh, assistant yeah. or whatever and like trying to get her to say hello or whatever. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Like it was a little bit of that. Like he just has like great charisma and, <laughs> and super fun. That was like a weird thing to say. But all I'm saying is when Tom Hanks walked in, t- the whole crew, well, like felt. everybody, it's like everybody stops and it's like this guy is the deal. <laughs> it's really weird. Real but you, I've been in the room with a couple of people like that sometimes and it's always weird where a whole room just instantly goes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And turn. energy shifts, and it's yeah. just a whole. It's different a very thing. strange. Yeah. Thing. I remember the SAG Awards a few years ago, right as we're about to start, maybe a minute or two before it's about to start. Everyone's in their seats, and all of a sudden, these two double doors open right by the stage where people are walking in, and in comes Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones, hand in hand. It was like royalty. I, I swear, it was like the doors. <laughs> And then they came through, and everyone was like, oh, it was just fascinating. And you're right. When you see it's that weird. in person, you're like, I don't understand this. Like, I, oh, this is what they're talking about. Right, right. It's mind blowing. The weird thing to me, too, is, is the people that are totally comfortable with that. Yeah. And be like, oh. so I was at a, a rap yeah. party. Karen worked on a, a Kevin Costner movie. Oh. And he walked into the rap party, and it was a big rap party. Oh, and there's bet. several hundreds of people, and everyone turned to him, and he was just like, Yes. My yep. people. Yes. It was really continue. weird. Enjoy the shrimp cocktail. I have entered. <laughs> um, okay. It's time for the final game. The games are the series is tied up. Yeah. Gary Marshall is there. Uh, we're back with our announcement. Marla left? When did Marla leave? Yes. She got married. Maybe I didn't say it. Yeah. Um, I will say it now. It's too sad. Just. <laughs> Let's pretend like she's there. <laughs> On the bench. It's too much because Dot left. <laughs> no, no, Marla, no Dot. We really need some hitters. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Her team has got the lineup. It's a problem in the it. lineup. Uh, the uh, Stillwell is still making fun, and Jimmy's chasing him and goes and talks to the pitcher, and then he goes and talks to the catcher, who is strangely framed, so her head is just underneath mm. the frame, and he says, you know, if the pitcher gets in trouble, you got to tell me right away. You know, really, you have to tell me. Are you listen to me? Do you hear me? And then Dot pops up. Yeah, I hear you. And she's in her catcher uniform. That was fun. Yeah. That was a good reveal. It, totally fun and a great reaction from Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. And she says, I got as far as Yellowstone. And then we turn back. I mean, like the I wasn't anywhere near being a writer. I didn't know anything. Like like now, yeah, I can watch pretty you know a lot of stuff and just right. be like okay it's gonna this is here's the point yeah, yeah, you know, like, so there's like there's nothing jaded nothing whatever and, and, and like watching that when she popped up it's like whoa 
great. Um, and then another little fun fact is, and I feel like this is a lot like Major League, where other players on other teams were like famous people or would eventually become famous oh, people. Oh, yeah. Uh, so like Tay Leone yep. is uh, a member of the racing yep. uh, team. Yeah. Which I think is interesting was she wearing pearls she always wears pearls so she, she yeah, yeah did not know that and then there's this kind of conversation of well can i play and he says i you know i didn't say that you could right, play right right i love and that him playing little, hard to get great little back and forth which ends with you know kind of like well you're already dressed <laughs> if you want to play well i don't care okay you can play well then i'll play and then you have the great okay good well, fine hey jimmy like shit don't you ever shave it's a really really fun scene it's basically the equivalent of both of them saying i love you i love you too mm-hmm. totally that's totally what it is um it's time for the game kit is throwing a great game lots of strikeouts there's a very good baseball montage and we see that this is a defensive game it is zero zero and finally there's a a base hit and an error and it gets stretched in and it's one nothing it's one nothing bells mm-hmm. And Jimmy calls Evelyn in because she made this error. And his angry trying to not make her cry <laughs> oh, is the best. amazing. Amazing. It's the best. His whole body shaking. And he's like, still missing the cutoff man. Now that's something that I would like you to work on before next season. And she kind of smiles and goes. She's, she's like waiting for the blow for the explosion. And it, it, it shows his growth, yeah. like, a little growth. You know, he has like a little bit of growth. And you know what? It it's shows so her great. growth too yes. because she's like, "Yeah, I'm going to take this in." And she says, "Thank you." <laughs> um, my note there is literally: Tom Hanks is so funny because um, it's like he's spitting it's, and yeah. he's holding back he's spit and he's shaking and his cheeks are red he really wants to blow yeah. up he really does <laughs> yeah and he can't may get uh may gets out and it, what does the crowd yell as she walks out all the way may that's great mm. and she gets a uh, a single rosie gets a base hit may's at second kit is starting to look tired evelyn is up lays down a bunch she advances the runner uh betty spaghetti's out at first and I was kind of like, why is Dot batting so late in the order? She should be batting cleanup, but that's okay. It's what the movie needed. <laughs> oh. um, he didn't know she was showing up. Like, and, he just, he put her. and now Dot is up, and the look that she gives as she walks up to the plate is like full, competitive athlete. She's got the eye of the tiger walking up to that plate. It is so great. And she looks so good as a batter. I mean, yeah. she just really does. And now we're in this classic baseball moment. There's the long build to the first pitch. And she hits that ball straight up the middle at Kit, who, who just hits the deck, and Dot scores two runs. Yeah. <laughs> I love Bob's little moment. That's my uh, and Kit is clearly, clearly upset. She's melting down on the mound. Completely. Mm-hmm. And, and what's, it's so, is Dot sees that she's upset? Um, and there's kind of that mm-hmm. eye contact, and Dot walks away. Because she's a, this is a ball game. This is, yeah. She's an athlete. And well, and Kit, the last thing that she yeah. did was say, "You're keeping me down. This right, is right. all your fault." Right. You know, you know when when Dot said she has to sit down from pitching, she's like, "Oh, it's you know she's angry at her." It's like, well, you know, fuck you. I'm playing baseball now. Yeah, this is the game. Yeah, uh, it's the bottom of the ninth now. We're still up two to one. Kit is just in hysterics in the dugout. And they're like, you're gonna, you gotta get it together. You've got a bat. Yep. Um, and Gina sees her and she walks away, puts puts the mask on. Um, and May makes a great catch off fly ball off the wall. Mm. 
Rosie, by the way, her banter on third base <laughs> is fantastic. And the way she hits her mitt, too, is <laughs> she really is great. really funny. Um, Come on. One more. One yep. more. <laughs> there's, there's, we got one. We got two. <laughs> there's a foul ball, which Dot catches by diving into the dugout. Well, there's no question who the star of this game has been. Dottie Hinton and her team one out from the title. That's really fun. Like, that, yeah. that was all that, like, that exciting, like, flair, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and now, finally, Kit is up, and she is trying to pull herself together. And I go like, man, why didn't this manager put in a pinch hitter? Right. I mean, if your batter is literally weeping, mm. maybe you pull How do we end the movie? I don't know. It's it is because this is what has to happen for <laughs> yeah. the movie. Um, and there's a great look between Dot and Kit as she kind of moves up to bat. Dot calls timeout. She walks to the pitcher. She says, I fastball. She can't hit him. Can't lay off him. Rosie's still talking. All right, we just told him now we got it. Come on! And we get our first pitch. Swing and a strike one. Oh, yes! Yes, thank you, boy! Second pitch. Swing and a Rosie's going one more, one more, one more. One more! One more! And Kit looks at Gina, who does not make eye contact, and then finally she looks up at the end. And the music cue is perfect. By the way, I didn't realize who the, who the composer is. It's Hans Zimmer. Mm. Like, this is so different <laughs> yeah. for the guy who did so many great, heavy, dramatic, uh-huh. serious right. scores. It's a really, really good score. Han, um, I need you to score the movie. <laughs> <laughs> if I could do a German accent, I would have, I would have, I would have given you a response. That's too fun, too. Nine penny. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then there's that last pitch. Here's the pitch. It is a high fastball, and Kit hits it. Hits it way over the fielder's head. And she is, uh, she runs to first. She rounds second. She rounds third. The throw comes in. Evelyn does throw it to the cutoff man because yep. you got to hit every plant. Every setup is being paid off here. Absolutely. The, whole movie. the ball comes in. Gina has it. She steps in front of the plate. The charge comes in. They collide. They both go down. We see Gina's hand fly up, and the ball comes out. Bells win. What are your comments on this moment? Well, I think it's been a big debate of whether or not she accidentally, you know, dropped the ball or like let let go of the ball or if she let go of the ball. To me, it's of course she let go of the ball. Hmm. What do you think? I think it's a perfect ending for this relationship mm-hmm. because once again, even if she did let go of the ball, Dot is still doing what's best for everybody. And it's a perfect character thing. Everybody except her team for which well, she threw the game. Yeah. That's they the case. do such a great job of her being like, I'm a ball player, right. ball player first. I make, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm the leader of this team. Like, right. you know, but then we know that she's pragmatic. We know that she mm-hmm. doesn't care about winning. We know that she cares about family, family. And her husband yep. and her mm-hmm. sister at the end of the day that's how she's built yeah i, I feel like the shot is like like kind of shows that it's like dropped them like because it doesn't fly down, out of right? her hand i no, never make it yeah. i've never made a decision one way or the other i've always just let yeah. it be and i don't ever want to decide mm-hmm. one way or the other because to me then i have to accept that that moment is that moment to find that way yeah and i like it that it's to me it's 
I don't know what happened. But either way, it happens in sports all the time. Being yeah, such an yeah, avid yeah. sports watcher, you never know why that field goal kicker misses that one with that one kick totally. or why that why the person drops that ball at the wrong time or misses the shot or whatever or hits it. You just never know in sports. It's crazy. And that's why that situation and I love that they made it a baseball play. Yeah. It's a yeah. baseball play. It's a hardcore baseball well, play. Well, and it's so because the ambiguity is so clear. Like right. it, we know it is either that she dropped it on purpose or yeah. she didn't. And yeah. it's very clear the thing we're questioning mm-hmm. about, which is what you know, at the beginning we talked about it and you said, Well, it's like the ending of Rocky or Bad News Bears. Yeah. And I like I think this is I love Rocky and Bad News Bears. Mm-hmm. This is way more complicated. Yeah. Well, you know, like fair. those are like the team lost, the team that we love mm-hmm. lost, and that was great. They're moral victories. Yeah. But there's no moral victory necessarily this is, here. This is like a Oh, mm-hmm. the the thing that needed to happen for Kit's character has happened. Mm-hmm. But in order for that to happen, the team mm-hmm. Kit has lost because she needed that, and the, our team has. I mean, Kit has won because she needed that, and our team has lost. You couldn't really have. If you had a different ending, the actual ending would not be satisfying. Yep. Yeah, the actual ending of everybody coming together. Yeah. all those years later, and looking back fondly at that time, you wouldn't really be able to look back fondly if. Right. If she, if Kit had won straight out mm-hmm. or, you know, like you needed that ambiguity so that everybody coming back goes, oh, that was a special time. And what, right. what wonderful was that? And for everyone to love it at the same level. You know, what's interesting that just occurred to me is that Gina Davis is the star. And, you know, there's always, I'm sure you've had these screenwriting classes and books or people that say your main character must change. You know, they have to go through a process yep. of change. Never took a class in school. Never, never took a class. I think, I think most writing classes are dumb, by the way. But um, but there are lots of times they say that. And Gina Davis doesn't change. I know exactly where you're going. I was just going to say the same Kit thing. Kit changes. Kit is the arc. She has an arc. Not Gina. Gina is the, Gina is the solid right. throughout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Kit. steady. How, what a great deft twist to make the arc of the protagonist be actually Kit's arc. Because... She hits the high fastball, which is what Dot told her from the first time we see them on screen to not swing at. But she does the one, she accomplishes the one thing Dot told her not to do, and she does it. And so now she can believe in herself again yeah. that what she does, she can succeed well, at. And she beat Dot. Right. Let's be and really she beat clear. Dot. She beat exactly. Dot. She gets carried out mm-hmm. on the shoulders. Mm-hmm. Strathairn's talking to, to Harvey, and he says, okay, we're going to stick with this thing. Yeah. And we're in the, in our locker room. we got Rosie, who's pissed off. And then Dot looks over at Kit, yeah. and Kit is signing autographs. Yeah. And the character that we see of Kit signing autographs, we have never seen in this movie. Right. She is confident and kind and compassionate and funny. She has become a complete person. The chip is off her shoulder. The, exactly. What's your name? Mary. Mary? Who are you rooting for? Racing! That's what I thought you said. Okay, well you guys be good. Get dirty. <laughs> to make a community reference, if Dodd holds on to the ball, Kit is in the darkest timeline. Oh, yeah. There's no way. Because right. Right? the reference of Kit at the beginning is, oh, at her husband, they're jet-setting all over the world. This is a successful Kit. Mm-hmm. This is a Kit that right. has self-esteem and self-belief and strength. So she chooses this life of hers that's very extravagant and fun. And she's always been wanting to run from the small town anyway. So it makes sense that she's a world traveler. That saved her life. You're right. She did. Yep. That's so brilliant. Um, if she dropped the ball on purpose. 
Um, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> it doesn't take away the kit hit a great ball. It doesn't. Absolutely. It like, doesn't. You know. And she did, by the way, we don't know what would have happened if she had stayed at third, which I think the base right, coach right, is right. saying, stop. It's right. I That's know. right. Yeah. Like her ego the, got in the way yeah. still. It did. Because you're always going to be who you are yeah. yeah. at the end of the day. Um, and then I love the moment at the end where Dot says, where Kit says, look, I'm, I'm sorry I knocked you over. And Dot says, no, you're not. You were blocking the entire plate. How do you expect me to even look, get this? the way the game is played. You did what you had to do. You just beat me. You wanted it more than me. That's a big gift mm-hmm. to give. And th- and we see that there's a moment of kind of connection between the two. And Dot's like, well, we're Bob and I are driving back to Oregon. Why don't you come with us? Kit's not going with them. Mm-hmm. No. She has another life. Mm-hmm. She has another place she wants to go. Some of the girls have been talking about staying around here, you know, and getting jobs. I really like it here. But you're coming back next year, right? No. Uh, I want to have kids. We want to have kids. Dottie, you got plenty of time to have kids. You couldn't give this up. You'd miss this too much. Miss it? <laughs> yeah, I miss putting on all this gear, catching a double header in 100 degree heat, pushing the bus through the mud, get slammed into every other day by base runner. Think I'm gonna miss that? Yeah. I also get that 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 Dot would have had a like would have just let it go like just let that time go and not right. talk about it and not make it important and that was the, it's the most important thing in kids right. life mm-hmm. so like her going i don't even know if i want to go and her kids saying right. you gotta go yeah you know like yeah it's like it's it's just everything's just so loaded and full of emotion mm-hmm. and i'll tell you what i'll miss what well i miss the girls I miss you, Kit. Me? Yeah, how many sisters think I have? But they have their moment of, like, really giving each other a hug at the end. And one thing I find kind of strange, as they're sort of splitting up at this moment, is there seems to be tension about their relationship at the for the older characters that I don't understand what it is. Like, because to me, this feels like the relationship is resolved. But it doesn't feel that way at the beginning of the movie uh-huh. with talking about seeing Aunt Kit. And then when they see each other at the at the end, which we're about to get to, it seems like there's they haven't seen each other in a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't quite understand it. They may have separated, you know, just for just because they had such like you were mm-hmm. saying, like they had such different lives and, you know, Kit was meant to go on one path and mm-hmm. Dot goes on another path. That's the judgment could still be there you know like again it's not like the kit changes so much right and dot doesn't really change but it's just the confidence in kit is there yeah we go outside and there jimmy meets bob and bob's first thing is that he tells jimmy he's a big fan of him jimmy dugan hi i'm a big fan of yours hi yeah i'm dotty's husband oh hey hey well then i'm a i'm a big fan of yours (laughs) because jimmy's now got a job got a job offer to manage a triple a team wow Triple A? That's great. Good luck. Turn him down. Why? What do you mean, why? I already got a job. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And she's standing there with Jimmy. Uh, that was Bob, huh? Yeah. Nice guy. Yeah. And Dottie watches Kit head off to the bus. What's the back and forth they say to each other? Not if I get you first or something like that. It's uh, like, they call her like call each other mule and yeah, nag. Yeah. And yeah, I don't have the whole thing. Yeah, 
Yeah. But I can play it now. <laughs> hey, Kit. Lay off of those high ones. I like the high ones. Mule. Nay. And Dottie watches the bus pull away, and we start to hear that All-American Girls song, and then we move back to the present. And we're and we're back to the older Dottie watching the girls play, and up come our versions of Rosie and Madonna. <laughs> they're so great, like yeah. they just nailed everybody. Everybody. Right? So here's her reasoning, by the way, for not doing old makeup is because she had the old women who were the real baseball players. Yeah, she felt prosthetics aren't going to look good right. next to real old people. Right. So we have to do the casting, and the casting is fantastic. I don't mm-hmm. like the Madonna casting. Everyone oh, else, you don't? I, yeah, that's the one I like oh. the least. Everyone oh. else, I really like. Um, but but they they immediately get back into their rhythm and everyone's joking with each other. It's a lot of and fun. And at this point in the movie, I'm bawling. Yeah, like I, I like, yeah. and you get Stillwell. Was his name? Yeah, oh, Stillwell. Yeah. But we get it. Like, so we go into the Cooperstown and we yeah. go to the Hall of Fame. And there's this yeah. big guy who introduces this taps himself to Dot to everything mm-hmm. I love about movies. And like, oh yeah, like oh my god, like Stillwell Angel. My goodness. Where's your mom? Mom died a couple years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. She was a real nice lady and a damn fine ball player. Yeah. When I heard about this, I uh, just felt like I owed it to her to be here. She always said it was the best time she ever had in her whole life. It's like you're seeing the glory days yep. of these women and, and that yeah. they did something truly special and unique. And it's Well, and here this kid who was the most obnoxious kid in right, the world right. is honoring his mother and has clearly become a sweet and lovely man who loved his mom. It's, it's, not, it's nice not to hate that actor, too. Yeah. Because he was the villain in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Right. That's uh, right. Oh do you think God. they cast him first and then found the kid? Yes. <laughs> I think that's absolutely that kid is correct. Like amazing. Yes, like, they is. look. That is. I. I really wish I had that answer. That is a fascinating <laughs> question, and it's just watching them walk through Cooperstown mm-hmm. and seeing first the photos of DiMaggio and J- Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, yeah. and then Jimmy Dugan and his fifty-eight home runs in nineteen thirty-eight, <laughs> and we see that he died in nineteen eighty-seven, and that's just a nice no, little. But- yeah. Oh, we also it's hear like six feet under when we see how everybody oh, died. Geez. Oh, oh, God, like, that's that's brutal. You know, you find out who also like they say, oh, yeah. she passed a while ago. Mm. Yeah, and we and, and and which is also that moment where she, uh, Dottie's talking to Stillwell, and we hear that Evelyn died a few years ago, and then we hear that Bob died just last yeah. winter, mm-hmm. and it's just and and I think that kind of informs all of the other stuff of her resisting going and that she's been in a emotional place. Right. Yeah. And I just love that John Lovitz lives. Yeah, <laughs> that whole thing. he made it. That guy he did. That's the guy with the that scar. guy didn't look super healthy. Oh, that's, that's who that is. With the guy oh my the god, yeah. that's funny. That's him when he turns He's like, and they have the version of Aaron who cuts the ribbon. Yes, and they walk through the exhibit, and now we get to see the pictures of all of them. And as we go through, we see pictures of the actual women, mm-hmm. and it's really cool. And we see a portrait of Gary Marshall. We see um, this woman walks in, and she has gray hair, and she starts singing the song. Mm-hmm. You crying when they're singing the song? Falling. Ball. 
even Dot kind of joins in and starts singing. And then this other woman enters. She's got a big family. And you just know that's Kit. Mm -hmm. Again, it's great, great casting. And they see each other, and there's a great hug. It really does feel to me like they haven't seen each other in a really long time. Mm -hmm. And there's a, let's let's get a picture of everyone. And they all take a picture. And we dissolve to the picture of the young team. And we go into credits. And we see that the film is dedicated to the league. And we hear, this used to be my playground, which is still stuck in my head right now. This used to be my playground. This used to be my childhood dream. And then I think this is the most amazing part of the movie, which is as we're hearing this song and as we're running very slow credits, is we see the actual women who are in their 60s and 70s playing baseball. Yep. It is amazing. So good. And they're good. And, and they're yeah. good. Yeah, I right. They're still like agile. Or, mm-hmm. or, I'm sorry, they're nimble and they're like moving. It's they're I so think good. That those ladies would kick the shit out of the the, the actresses who play the peaches. <laughs> I really do. They look so good. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say kick the shit out of Gary Marshall's intermural too. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Um <laughs> I make no comment on that. So uh for Pitch Perfect Two. I actually s- completely stole that last, like the dissolve of the picture. Oh, the picture oh, thing. Wow. Um, uh, and I wrote a version for the end of pitch two, which was like the sweet, like where you see like rebel and Anna putting up this picture or the, or the new Bellas or whatever, putting up this picture of the old championship Bellas, uh, just stealing directly from it. Cause I loved it right. so much. And then the producers, she were, wasn't the first person to do that. So she was still, but too, yeah, so yeah. But, I mean, cool, Hoosiers cool. does the same thing. Yeah. I mean, like, oh. and then the producers were like, Oh, we can't end on a sweet moment. We have to end on a comedy moment. So yeah. it ended up being a different sort of right. different yeah. coda that was all comedy driven. Um, and they, they didn't even shoot like the sweet version, oh, no. but oh. I like, but I have it. Like I've written it and I, in my mind, I'm like, that's how <laughs> that's that how movie it's ends. To end. <laughs> yeah. um, that's, that's great. Well, so this is such a lovely moment at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't have a lot about the reception. Other than that, it was a big hit. $133 million at the box office. Penny Marshall's second movie to go over a hundred million dollars. Um, critics, critics gave it a mixed response, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I don't understand that. At I all. think it's, pure oh, sexism. Oh, it's all, it's sexism for sure. That's what I think too. 100%. Yeah, this is such a yeah. well-made movie. Yeah. Uh, they, they weren't used to seeing what they were seeing. Yeah. And, yeah. Didn't know how to put it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it's all, not, all white male critics or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's not nominated for any awards, which I think is well, also too uh, bad. Madonna's song. Yeah. Oh, is that nominated for Oscar, best song? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, didn't win. Did it, did it win? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No, no, no. She has Madonna doesn't have an Oscar. No. <laughs> right? Fair. I don't think so. Um, I usually wait and cheat and get to do my final thoughts last, but I'm going to do mine first. Oh, wow. Because I just think, um, A, because you're our guest, and I'll let you have the last word, <laughs> but also because I, I just think what's so great about this movie is one of those movies that's so deceptive, is that you go like, oh, it's a light, fun movie, and then you go, as you dig into it, you're like, oh, no, this is actually about something. In particular, as we look at like... The things that you said at the beginning that I love of that, 
women on a team, a woman becoming the alpha, and all the little pieces we see, the telegram, the African-American woman, the way the relationships are ha- handled, the ambiguity of Dot's character, the, the, the growth of Kit's character, and, and what we get to see in terms of how it forces you to change the way you think about women playing baseball. And if you can change the way you think about what are, we consider these traditional roles of men and women, it naturally opens you up to change the way you think about women's roles in general. Mm. And the great thing about this is also the sad thing about this because we're still working on this. Mm. You know, the fact that Penny Marshall breaks this barrier into being a hundred million dollar movie director. And yet there are still very, very, I mean, it is, you know, Hollywood is thought of as like this liberal place. It is not. It is so unbelievably conservative in the way they treat the power structure and who is in charge. Mm. And it is so sad and upsetting that we are still today surprised that you could make blockers, you know, Mm -hmm. and yet that is the reality that we continue to live in 26 years after this movie was made. Um, So what I hope is that more people will go watch a league of their own think Check out blockers too, and hopefully be inspired and that the more powers that be will hopefully be women that will hire women rather than being men that seem not to. Mm -hmm. Those are my final thoughts. What do you think, John? It's tough to follow that, but I, I would. I can only strip it down this way because I, I, I am not a woman, so the empowerment. Wait, yeah. <laughs> but the empowerment. First of time the, he's ever declared this. That's right. I just want to make it clear. I'm a hundred percent not a woman. <laughs> but I, 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 I look at this film, and you know, it's so strange. You say the things that you say that it was mixed in because in my mind, good is good, and I'd always enjoyed female athletes since I was a child, from figure skaters to. Uh, to uh, any number of things, even the women's soccer team in '90 was winning what it was winning, and so I could. So to me, it was always was like sports, right? Sports has always been my obsession in my life. This side of movies, sports and movies, are my two biggest things. But seeing what this film was, uh, because it took a sports trope of baseball and it created a two-hour and ten-minute film out of it. This is a female, all-female baseball film, and it is a two-hour film about something incredible. And so to me, it's a great journey with phenomenal performances, great actors, and and characters that you want to stay with. And that is a great compliment of any movie is that you walk out wanting more or wanting to spend time with the characters. You said that earlier, Steve. Like, I want to see, I would like to spend more yeah, time totally. with, the, with, the, with the players. And that's the truth of the film. But it also works on so many other levels because of what it's saying about uh, family relationships, what it says about how you handle your life, what it says also about like what it's like to pursue your dreams when they come calling for you. What's the sacrifices you're willing to make? And that film encapsulates all of that and then leaves you with a nice message about being compassionate, being understanding, being in a way uh, good for the world. And it's yeah. incredible. It, it's not just a baseball movie. You could strip it down to that. It still works fantastic as a sports movie. Of course. But it's saying so much more about so many other things. And it's doing it in such a subtle, powerful way that you may not even realize that you're changing as you're watching it. And that's the true yeah. gift of the film, I would say. What do you think? Guys, I don't know how to follow that. Like, that was amazing. Um, when I think of A League of Their Own, I it's one of those movies where I watch it to the very, very, very end, meaning 
the final credit mm, of yeah. the like the emblem that comes up mm. the second before the next thing starts because it's on HBO, whatever it's on. Right. I'm like that with Karate Kid and like you know, like there's like a sure. Back to the Future. There's like movies where it's just like I won't leave my seat because it's like I'm sitting and I'm thinking about the movie and it's affected me so much. Mm-hmm. And a league of their own is that for me. And not to get too mushy, but you know, when Jordan Peele won the uh, the Oscar, he talked about representation, you know, like people he could look up to that he was inspired by that made it seem like it was possible. And I sort of said this at the beginning of the movie, but, you know, when I watched League of Their Own, I was like, oh, it's possible. Like, mm-hmm. it's possible. Like, I had never seen a movie that had 12 female principal characters, mm-hmm. at right. least. Yeah directed by a woman and I was acutely aware of of the fact that it was directed by a woman Mm. that was both that checked off a gazillion boxes that was comedic like truly funny with actual jokes like hard jokes was emotional and was saying something and I think the reason it got mixed reviews is because people hadn't really they want to put it in a box and it was like well it wasn't so funny that it you know like right it's not full comedy whatever exactly and it's not full emotion so I don't know what to think of it and I think that um I I sort of I think it's a badge of honor now when you create something where people are like I don't really what am I watching you know (laughs) like and I feel blockers that I feel like Pitch Perfect had that uh, in a way of like what we're we're seeing that this is possible right and this movie made it possible and it just opened up the doors and minds and imaginations of like young women girls you know like myself when I watched it so my emotional connection to this movie is so like always on the surface and it's why when it's if I'm clicking through the television and it's on it's just immediately stop (laughs) and like leaning forward in your my seat and watching it and then crying as as if I hadn't seen it before and even talking about it I get emotional just talking about it so that's uh, the thing about great movies mm -hmm. so that's what we think about uh, a league of their own of course we always want to hear what you think you can visit us on our facebook page just do a search for the cinephiles you can subscribe to us at all the places itunes and youtube please leave a review on itunes if you haven't already they are very much appreciated please leave a comment on youtube if you want to support the show you can do so by going to our patreon page patreon.com slash the cinephiles where you can hear all sorts of extra audio clips you can select a movie that we're going to review and even if you pledge just one dollar a month it is a tremendous tremendous help to the show as always you can reach me on twitter at sr morris john where could they reach you you can always reach me at the roca says on twitter and on instagram and like i said all the stuff i do at collider and now please don't forget collider sports now i'm hosting shows there and doing producing shows there as well so constantly working constantly doing stuff follow me on my social media and you'll see everything i'm doing there okay if people wanted to reach you on the strange lands of social media how would they do so well thanks for asking um, you can go to at KK Cannon. That's K A Y K A Y Cannon. Uh, at any place. <laughs> all of them. You're there all at of all them. of them. Yeah. And is there anything, by the way, I should have asked you before that you're plugging or oh, yeah. want pe- to direct people to right now? Uh, it's all. Should they just all, all go are. buy the Blu ray of Blockers? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh right now? I know. Uh, when will this come out? I don't know. A couple of weeks, two, three weeks. Awesome. Well, uh, the uh, Blockers was nominated for a People's Choice Award for Yay. Best Comedy of 2018 and Best Comedy Star in John Cena of nice. 2018. And so, you know, whatever. If you'd like to vote for it, you can. I will, <laughs> I 25 will. times. It'll be the most important vote you make in the next couple of months. You must vote. If you want to be a good person, yeah. you have to go vote for Blockers. Women, yeah. listen, I'm talking to you, women. Yeah. Support your gender. That's right. um, 
thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Kay. Absolutely. It's been so much fun, and I'm going to hold you to coming back and doing major. Oh hell yeah! If you're really serious about it, absolutely, hundred percent. All right. Oh my god. I cannot wait, and I think that is it. Should we sing out the? uh, uh, (laughs) Woke up one day. What What did did I find? And books in my pockets. pockets. That's it for this week. Memories on my mind. We'll see you next time. (laughs) So many dreams I've lost on the way. On the cinephile. But most of all, you. 